0: Elon, you listen to Garage Heaven. Episode 210. On tonight's episode, Alex is finally back, the smart manling. So, the fat manling, of course, still has a guest on because he doesn't understand how things work. But they both were at Wapaka, and so now you can hear from someone who's actually good at going to Wapaka along with the other one. So, shut it! I'm listening to me, show!
1: Welcome to the Garage U Tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we'll do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh too along the way.
0: Bringing you the champ, a chump, and some other guy. I'm Alex Gonzalez, and I'm wondering if I'm the chump or some other guy. I oh, don't know, man. I'll let you decide. Uh,
1: well, then, who's the champ? Well, that's clearly our special guest, uh, Mr. Ryan Nickel. How are we doing, Hi, Ryan? I'm
2: doing good. Doing good. The champ. The champ is here.
0: Yeah, no kids.
2: I'm excited to be on. It's been a while.
0: It's been a while. I was saying how it was Chris. You was like one of the longest uh, breaks in between, and then like you come in. It's like I think you've been even longer. We're yeah, diving deep into the garage hammer pool of guests here since the old High Elf Army book release, <laughs> I think was the last time I was on. Oh man, oh that's right, that is a long time.
1: The eighth-ed one or
0: the seventh-ed one? The eighth-ed Eight. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seventh-ed one was out for yeah. I think that was already out before I uh before we were doing this. Uh so you know. What we should do is we should quickly uh, say thanks to our sponsors before we get into how Ryan Nickel has won, like, 30% of the Wapakas.
1: <laughs> Man alive. <laughs> All right, so, as always, we need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore! Chaos Orc Superstore! Chaos Orc Superstore! Chaos Orc
0: Superstore! Chaos Orc Superstore. <laughs> Six
1: Squared Studios. Six
0: Squared Studios for all your basing needs.
1: And Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois.
0: Not that Lindsay and not that Wakanda. Hey, listen up. Lindsay's Gamer Garrison, right? March 9th. Guess what I'm doing? I think you already know. Um,
1: I already know, but this is it's still kind of scary to think about, though.
0: Yeah, uh, so March 9th, one month from the day of recording here, I will be running a, a little one-day pack-a-prep tournament at Lindsey's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda. We've got room for like 16 people. So if you are interested, and I know we're not even to this part of the show yet, but I just don't want to forget. I'm so excited. You can call them and reserve your spot. The number is 847-624-0024. Now, uh, the one-day tournaments at Lindsey's are... There are ten dollars to get in, but literally everybody who gets in puts their ten dollars in, and then that becomes the prizes, which are the, which is basically store gift cards. So, like you come in, you drop ten bucks, and if you win, you get stuff, and then they've got some other prizes and stuff like that too. So basically, it's going to be three rounds, and I don't know if we're using the exact stuff that's going to be at Adepticon, but I know we're prepping for it. So Alex is gonna be. Do you, what? What do you want me to do? We gotta figure out what you want me to do since it's it's a prep for your your big shindig.
1: Mm-hmm. And we can kind of talk about that as we get into our main topic tonight too.
0: Excellent. I just didn't want to forget that. I know I totally jumped wonky on the notes, and I apologize to everyone involved.
2: It makes more sense because you said pack up prep, and I'm like, wait for 2020.
0: Oh, wait, PACA prep. Oh, my God, I did say PACA prep, and I typed PACA prep, but it is Adepticon. Yeah. makes Mm -hmm. a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's an Adepticon. You might
1: have been prepping for PACA as you were writing this.
0: Yeah, I wrote this, like, this morning, so.
1: (laughs) Hey, I tried to give you a shout. No, I
0: appreciate it, but I'm going to be honest. I'm just dumb. So. Okay. There we go. Hey, okay, so listen, um. Before we go and take a break, there is a couple of things we need to we need to do. We've got some voicemails and some other things, and uh, so let's Patreon. Patreon sponsors want to thank our associate producers Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC. We got a new one. His it's AJ Space C is all he put on his thing on Patreon. So he's AJC because it sounds tougher. Just filling out an Alex there.
2: Sounds like a sounds like a weapon in 40k or something. Actually,
0: see there you go. He, you never know. He, it could be. You know we have the SCE and the FEC. The AJC could be something coming down the line. Now we're talking. He could be a whole new army. Uh, and then also our newest sponsors. We did get some new uh, Patreon patrons: Christopher Reed, Mark Hyde, and someone whose name is listed here as Goat Pan Tees. Uh, three words. Oh, boy. Yeah. And then I hit, clicked on the little address thing that's listed there with their information in case you need to mail them anything. And that's the name that's on there, too. So so if we have to mail anything to Goat Panties, um, <laughs> yeah, that's – yeah. I, why do <sighs> – <laughs> Okay, so literally though, thank you all, even goat panties, thank you for being one, becoming part of the 1% who make this show and everything we do possible. Folks, if you want to be a part of the 1% that make everything we do possible, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garage hammer. And last thing, I did mention voicemail. Ryan, did you know we have voicemail? I think you've left voicemail. I've, a been, lot of I've been on the voicemail a few times. You, <laughs> that's right, because Ryan has left stuff about things he's doing, and he's also left stuff about it's 3 in the morning and we've been <laughs> drinking all night after the tournament, and we're calling you, White Tech because you weren't here.
2: That's usually the case.
0: Those are some of the most fun calls, though. And you know what? i got to say this. No matter how much you've been drinking, Ryan, you have the presence of mind to remember that this is an all-ages show, and you generally keep... The uh, the foul language down to to almost nothing. It's just the people you hand the phone off to that have no idea what's going on.
2: <laughs> yeah, with with little kids, I tend to keep that to a minimum anyway. So it was <laughs> it's not that hard.
0: All right. So listen, we have two voicemails. We got two. But
1: Dave, what if I wanted to leave a voicemail?
0: Now, if you wanted to leave a voicemail, it would be too late to make it three for this show. But you can call one 757 seven G H show six. That's one. 757-GH-SHOW-6, and if you call that number, international callers, you want to dial 00, and then 1, 757-GH-SHOW-6, that would be the way, and then the master engineer would answer, and then you leave a message, and, um, and I love voicemail, I love when people call and tell us, hey, what about this from the show, or the last episode was great, and then you did this. And they're good. And usually people don't leave hate mail voicemail. They take time to type that out because they're angry. So these are the good ones. So here, I'm going to hit the first one here. This is from Miles, I believe. So here we go. Hold on.
3: Hi, this is Miles. I want to just thank you guys. Just before the holidays, I listened to your Iron Jaws episode. Ended up in the hospital through the holidays. And now I'm working on Iron Jaws. Thanks. I needed another... Age of Sigmar Force. I only have four to begin with. Thank you very much.
0: So Miles went to the hospital, and then when he came out, he had a new army, which that's, that, if you're going to go to the hospital, the best way to come out is with a new army, I suppose. But we're glad he's well, and now he's got a fourth army.
2: He said thank yeah. you a lot, but He sounded a little sarcastic. Hey, <laughs> yeah, An well Iron did. Jaws
0: army ain't cheap if you're going to be buying all them big pigs. But, uh, hey, you know what? I almost bought an Irish Army after doing that review, so I know what it's like. Mm -hmm. So now we got this one. This one's a little bit longer, but this person is actually – I actually spoke to this person ahead of time. This is an important message for them. So, guys, pay attention to this because this is important. Also, um, I almost did a Google Translate segment on this show. Um, because the Google Translate is so great. I'm assuming they said, Hi, Garage Hammer. This says, Hi, Gorgeous Amber. Amber's capitalized, and there's a comma. So there might be someone named Amber who is gorgeous, who is getting called. But it's probably more likely that it's just Google Translate. Here we go. I'm going to pop this one on so you guys can hear this. Hold on.
3: Hi, Garage Hammer. My name is Paul, and I'm calling from Bel Air, Maryland. I've been listening to the show for about a year, and I've wanted to leave a voicemail before, but I've always been too nervous. However, the person I need to give a shout-out to deserves me to overcome this nervousness. But before I do that, I want to say that I love the show, I love how much character it has, and the repartee you two have. Thank you for putting out amazing content. It really is, uh, I think, one of the best uh, podcasts out there. Now, my shout-out goes to Taylor, my fiancé, for not only being a wonderful partner, but also being so supportive of my hobby and letting me share it with her. She lives for terrain all the time. Uh she buys me like basically every hobby supply a hobbyist could meet, use. Um and respects and encourages me to dedicate the time this hobby demand. In fact just today she bought me a ceramic catch all that's made to look like a hollowed out log. She had in mind for me to use this as a line of sight blocking terrain for my Sylvanet because they can fit like inside it and be completely uh not seeable from model line of sight and she's doing stuff like this for me all the time. She really is amazing. Uh, She even has been lately basing both my 40k Dukari and my Sylvaness to look like a Bayou style and it's I'm overwhelmed with uh, you get the idea. She is the best and I want her to know that no matter how many planets I conquer, no matter how many mortal realms I defend she will always be my whole world happy Valentine's Day honey thank you for playing my voice Mount my guys and I wish you the both the best of all thank you so much
0: there you go she makes terrain for him and she looks for terrain where he can get out of line of sight that's somebody who not only knows their partner but knows how knows the ins and outs of the game
1: he did say that was his fiance right yep. Okay.
2: Good on him. Good on him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you have entered the big leagues. There's like there was a shout out on your podcast for a, a you know a woman kind like get you know getting engaged on a at a ballpark, getting shout outs for Valentine's Day on your podcast.
0: I know. We we all we need to do is get a YouTube channel running and do a kiss cam going during the show.
2: Oh, for the love of God, no. <laughs>
0: Uh, Alright, so that's thank you so much for that uh, That was so romantic and sweet I think that's everything I think we're going to take a quick break and then come back The Toolbox, brought to you by Chaos or Superstar Chaos Super yes, Superstar, Superstar yeah. Alright, we'll be right back Chaos Org Superstore, your one stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you because at Chaos Org Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Org Superstore.
1: And we are back with the toolbox,
0: brought to you by Chaos Ork Superstore. Chaos Ork Superstore. Awesome.
1: Dave, what have you been up to, buddy? Ooh, look, I go first? Okay. You're on the notes to go first.
0: Well, I, cool. I'm the only one on the notes because I type up the notes and then I send them to you guys and you can fill in your slots. That's just that's how it is. We can let the guest go first. That's like the polite way to do things. Ryan, I... you've been doing go. any hobby? Since packer, huh? well,
2: our, oh, since Paca?
0: well, you could talk about your lead up to pack if you were doing a lot. I mean, you had you have all that all the corn demons.
2: Yeah, so usually at each tournament, I try to get at least one new one new unit, new character paint. And so, leading up to it, I painted Scar Bloodwrath, who was amazing all tournament long. Um, and then <clears throat> the other th- thing for me was just going into 2019, like one of my, you know, you, you make. Uh, personal goals, but you all, you know, a lot of us make hobby goals. And one of my goals is just to finish some unfinished projects. So I had, a I had a lot of stuff just sitting out still do that has gotten so far. And then I get distracted by the latest night vault war or, um, the next thing, kill team or, you know, something distracts me from like finishing what I'd put a lot of time in. Yeah. So I've been using the hashtag finished projects. On Twitter and I've been trying to finish a lot of things that were almost done so like recently I just finished my two Storm Talons which a couple years ago when I was living in Chicago I ever those in my basement and got very far along with them and never finished them so I finished those and uh, working on finishing uh, two Stormcast characters which are like 80% done right now and then I'll be moving on to finishing the twelve hundred fifty points of towel that I was working on for Forty K Chronicles, which um, I got about a thousand points done, didn't quite finish the rest of the stuff, but it's all airbrushed and the basing's done. So it's like I get all these projects to like 75 80 percent, and then like something distracts me, and I'm like, oh, I'll come back later, but then I haven't come back. So now I'm I'm going through all that process right now, I'm just finishing a bunch of projects before I start my next one. So,
0: well, that's kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's like project finish, project finish, project finish. That's all right.
2: Yeah, it's been going. It's been going good so far. I've been sticking to it, but uh, we'll see how far it goes. Because I really, really want to paint up some of the new um, Nightball Warbands that just came out. Oh yeah, so no I'm kidding. I'm, waver- I'm wavering.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Alex? What have you been building other than a baby?
1: Well, I mean that's done. Been built already. Yep. Um, so, since I went on break, I've gotten Zarbag's Gets done, uh, as well as a shaman and 20 shooters, or shootas, i got to use a technical term for the Gloom Spite. I've been slowly assembling stuff. Uh, it's been a bit of a grind with that. Um, and then I've got the Eyes of the Nine on the paint desk right now.
4: So, just nice. Guys,
1: Chomping through. I'm breaking up the grot grind, as it were, because I have a unit of 60 stabas on the desk following uh, the eyes. So I'm trying to break it up with uh, some fun projects that aren't necessarily grot related. So, because I'm going to be working on grots probably for the rest of the year. So
0: <laughs> there's a lot of them. Yeah. Don't you already have like a ton of grots
2: painted? Do you really This have is a whole new army. Oh, all re yeah. starting fresh. Nice.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to do the typical black uh and yellow that grots have been for years. So, I'm redoing the army as a fuchsia robe instead of the black. So,
0: yeah, see they're not the Moon Clan anymore. Now they're the Gloomspire. Got to get some new color.
1: Yeah. So, I wanted to do something that was a little different and uh, it was inspired by a gift that I had gotten from James Wobble. Uh, when Carrie and I got married, he took a, the old metal night goblin shaman, the one with like the little bat skull on the top of his staff that oh, always yeah. fell over. He painted that up, and he did a fuchsia-esque scheme to it. And it's like, you know what? I kind of like how that looks. So then I started to replicate it, and I really enjoyed uh, the fuchsia look makes them pop a little more and gives them a little more character than just black robe.
0: Well, I I bet they look awesome. I'm only saying that because I haven't seen them.
1: Oh, I've posted them on on the Facebook page.
0: Oh, then I have seen them. See, that's what I was trying to get you to say where people could see them. Uh, See
1: see what what I did there? You're trying to to play that cool, but we all know you don't care.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I want to go Go check them out, though. I you can see, see them on the. That you,
0: you can go to Facebook and look up the Garage Hammer podcast, and you can see them on there.
1: Yeah, I just posted pictures of Zarbags and the Madcap Shaman that I had painted, um, and I did like the blue squig to go with it because it matches a little more than a just typical red squig, which would have disappeared. So I got Zarbags and the two little balls of fury that are the squigs that don't do anything but die horribly so it's all good it's all good
0: Uh, very nice so uh oh it's my turn yeah oh all right so um (laughs) i've been doing the exact opposite of what you guys have been doing like uh, I was plowing through that uh, Death Army that I did, couldn't get ready in time for Paka, and then I was like, "Ugh, you know what? I need a little. I need to do something different." And I don't like have any thing to prep for Adepticon because you could bring a thousand points to anything. And so Greg, Dan, and I are playing in the team tournament, and so uh, we're going to bring a probably <laughs> I have a thousand points of Stormcast, and I have a thousand points of Nagash. So that's what's gonna. So I, was like, I don't have to paint this.
1: <laughs> so, wait, 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 Are you taking the gosh to the team tournament?
0: I probably regular
2: breaded Melnick. Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, Dave. What is wrong, man? What happened to you?
0: Uh-huh. You know what? That, um, it was. It's this is this is what you call a list of necessities. Because I don't have everything based up properly for that. Now, who knows? I may get more stuff done between now and then, and not need to take the big N. But right now, that's might be what I'm doing. I might do that. I might just bring the filth and just be like, "Deal with it, suckers." Because that
4: here's you know, a girl scout cookie.
0: <laughs> exactly. I got. <laughs> I've got a couple extra cases. I'm gonna be handing them out anyway. So. But so here's what I did when I got home. I, got, I was like, oh, I don't want to paint any more gold, and I don't want to paint any more bone. And I was looking at the shelves of all this other stuff I had, and I said, you know what? I got a lot of bo-. I started looking through the boxes. And then I said, I have all of these. When when uh, Soul Wars came out and they sold those little three and four packs of like the easy fit different pose models in the box, Like I bought one of all of them. I'm like, forget it. Build it. Built all those. Uh, I built a Stonehorn with a Frost Lord on it. I built a couple of uh, the the ogre ogre cavalry guys that I can't think of their name. That's it. Uh, I built the Lord Aquilor. Um, I built some of these. The I, I got the Dracothian Guard guys built. Uh, I built some. Started building some Vanguard Raptors. I got forty-eight Noblars. Oh, it says Noblars on the box because it's old, but they're like you know ogre grats. Put those together. I just said, you know what, I'm going to take all the stuff on my shelves that I have for armies I'm currently working on and just build it all so I know exactly what I have and what I have left. And I got all that extra battle foam. I'm like, I could put it aside when it's done. But I just got tired of repainting an old army. I said, I'm just going to build all like, and uh, Hey, it's progress. And now I got enough stuff going where, since I don't have something I have to do, I, I can paint whatever I want. I can go and finish off that, that, that uh, Space Marine ship. I can keep working on the Death Army. Um, I can work. i um, help Kira work on her Ogre Army. But it's like I actually feel like the hobby push coming back in, like the desire to do stuff. Because it, I, you know, I, we all kind of thrive under deadlines. But I'm, th- I just it's like, oh look, I have all these things, and I can do any any given thing I feel like any night. So if something really starts to grate on me, I can just grab something else. So that's what I'm working right now, just, like, trying to build everything I still have to build so I can clear off my that shelf as much as I can and then just mess with that. I've just got all this stuff to to paint with. And it's actually a pretty good deterrent from buying a new army. Even though there's room on the shelf for new boxes, I'm looking at all this pla- this gray plastic that I'm building going, you know what? I need to work on this. So that's where I'm at, the exact opposite. Oh, so Question. Uh, I built a stonehorn with a frostlord, and then she has one more that she got from Cranky. So I was going to make that a thundertusk with a huskarl. Does that sound like a good idea? I figured she should get one of each. Like she don't care; she just wants to have a little bit of everything. I figured. Yeah, I would good. do. A,
1: I'd do a huskarl on a thundertusk.
0: Yeah, that's what I was doing, and then the stonehorn's got the frostlord.
2: And you can tell her right. that she could have a snowball fight then.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so we that's yeah. So I was building it. She was getting all excited. We were priming it. She was she was painting some more. So that's what we've been doing. She wants me to build the iron blaster for her, and I'm just like, oh, that's got to be in sub assemblies. So we'll wait on that one. But that's been my hobby: just building everything I got laying around, so that I have. I could just kind of work on whatever I feel like it. Plus, I bought so many of those character models, and you're like, do you have one of these? Remember when we were looking, when I was asking you about my list? You're like, do you have one of these? I'm like, no, not built. He's built now. You got one of these? Oh, he's built now. So at least Where now, was
1: that, like, a couple of weeks ago?
0: Yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago, and now I built this uh, during the last in the last week or so.
1: Nice. Yeah. I
2: should say I've been, I've been doing a lot of building, too. I, I, I'm working on five tree bases right now for a future Sylvaneth army. So those are, uh, that's been a lot of, that's been a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a nightmare. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. And I want them to have leaves, but then I'm like, man, it'd be so much easier if they didn't. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's a lot. And then I'm, and then I hear the, I need to have like eight of them. So,
0: See and all of I you conver- all of you conversion guys, man. You conversion cats, I can't I I'm not i am not i am just not good at that stuff. I'm just like, hey, look, it looks like the box. Well,
2: that wouldn't really be a conversion to not put the leaves on. That'd be more like cutting out a step.
0: Oh, I thought you were like <laughs> adding on like more leaves, like making your own. I thought you were like pulling a hammer oh. and like hand sculpting each little, you know, each little rose petal falling from the branches above, and having them sparkle along on the on the on the bases and stuff.
2: I, I wish I had that much time.
0: And I it, did. It's bananas. I mean, I know he does it a lot, but it's bananas how fast he cranks that stuff out.
2: Yeah, I did. I did uh, take one out of his book for my Kernoth Hunter was with bows. I did the. Uh, I used ex- his method of building quivers versus having the quiver links, so they got like quivers on their backs. Oh, they nice. sweet. So thanks for the idea there,
0: Herner. <laughs> all right. So is, is that everybody's uh, hobby? Because that was all I'm done. Yeah. All right. Good. So, um, Alex, what have you been? You been doing any gaming?
1: I got up for the first time in over a month today. Uh-huh. My new FLG uh, Cataclysm games hosted a uh, Underworlds tournament, and it was a crystal trophy. So they had like the actual. Uh, Crystal Trophy for people to come out and play in, and we only had seven today show up, um, which was a little disappointing, but uh, it is what it is. So I ended up taking third with Zarbag's Gits. I still don't know how, but okay. But, you know, top middle, I guess. Um, And then the guy that won it was the guy that won uh, the Underworlds event at Wapaka. He's one of our locals down here. Oh. With the thorns of the briar queen.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, So he ended up doing that. McCormick is that what his name was? Yeah. 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 All right.
1: Yeah, he's one of our cats down here. Um, I just met him recently with uh, moving over to cat cataclysm now. So, um, but no, it was nice to get out and play and actually see what these things can do. And the answer is they die horribly, but you know. What are you gonna do, Shardfall or Shardgale? The plus one damage card is really rough. Uh, when most of your stuff is two wounds and dies to a stiff breeze,
2: so yeah. Every, uh, that's everything takes a damage. Is that that one? Yeah, everything on the
1: table takes a damage. Brutal, and I can't bring guys back, so. Yeah, it, it was rough. I mean, at one point I had back up to seven wounds uh, with a couple of cards. So, I mean, he can take a punch, but can't move at that point. He's too big. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it was nice to get out, and I hope to do more of it soon.
0: Cool. And, Ryan, you been playing anything since Packa? Yeah,
2: I have not had a chance to, to play any games since Paca, no.
0: Yeah, me neither. So, but we did play a bunch of games of Pack Up, and then I played a lot of Tekken. So. <laughs> or no, Tekken? We were, no, well, I've been playing Tekken here at home along with that oh. cause now I got See, we were playing a lot of <laughs> Mortal, Kombat Mortal Kombat XL with the Skull Bros, and, uh. This, Ryan comes by that night and he had a few to drink. And every time we were getting the combos, the combos look like they're going to be fatalities. They're just so over the top. Like you're watching all the bones break and stuff like that. Ryan was just freaking out. that, yeah, that, that guy. Was... What? How did? Who? How did he stand back up? Look at that. That was so well, funny. They,
2: the one, the one of them was like they like. Punch like a dagger through somebody's skull, and then they like fall down. They just pop back up, start fighting again. I'm like, "What the hell was that?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we got home, and I uh I up I uh downloaded it. I ordered it up on on Harrison's Xbox, and so we've been playing some of that since then. But other than that, it's been me. I've been mostly my pack of game stuff as well, which I kind of discussed a little bit last week. So we don't have to get into that stuff too much because uh, we can talk about. Our thoughts about PACA, thats basically what's coming up later. So we're good. Anybody got any other, anything other hobby geek, geekdom stuff that you've been doing, that you've been into, that's been really good lately?
2: I—I uh, got to talk about the Night Lords omnibus that I've been reading and I've just been addicted to. I don't oh, know yeah. if you guys—it's pretty old, I think. Like, I mean, it's in an omnibus now. There's there's three books, and I bought it a long time ago. Um, when I was like, I'm going to make a chaos army for 40 K and it's going to be night Lords. And I, I just haven't picked it up and again, finished projects. I'm like picking up and reading books that I haven't, that I bought. This is never read. And it's like almost a thousand pages and I'm on like page 815 and I can't get enough of this, the night, the night Lords, man. It's been, uh, if anybody's not read these and they're interested at all, I I think they're amazing books by Aaron Dembski Bowden.
0: He's great. Yeah, and the dangerous thing about those books is, those omnibuses, for the different – is that now you want to go out and you want to paint a Night Lord's army. I, yeah. Yeah. I definitely do.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, Especially it's, with the, the new forty, the new uh, teaser for the Chaos Marines.
1: <laughs> All the Black Legion stuff and uh, Venom Crawler and – Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I had marked here. I didn't do too much, but the other they we just we just saw the the preview at the LVO from the other day. We just got to all look at it, and wow, the stuff that they were showing there was pretty impressive. You add to that the Scafin and Flesh Eater Court books went up on pre-order today, as the day of we're recording. They're coming out next week. Um, what did they say? It sounded like they said another chamber was going to open, which means I'm going to have to buy another Stormcast book. Which you know, I don't. I'm not complaining. At least the army's getting love. But for goodness' sake, I've bought like four of them already. And I've well, it, did they say chamber? I thought I saw something that said a chamber, but I could have misread it. I, you know, I'm diff- Cause I don't said it was yeah.
1: it was a storm vault.
0: Oh, which maybe. doesn't
1: sound like a chamber.
0: Oh, maybe they did say a storm vault. Maybe that wasn't chamber. Maybe that's what they said. I may be misremembering these things.
1: Well, I think it's just everyone assumes that every year we're going to get something new for Stormcast because reasons.
0: Well, they're what? Seven chambers and they've only opened four. So they can I mean, they can only do that for another three years. I think they need to slow down and, and let these <laughs> things open a little bit, space them out a little bit. Not that I don't love my Stormcast, but for goodness sake. You're gonna run you're gonna you're gonna run out of bullets in the this one here if you keep it up. So
2: Yeah, I, I like what they did with the Soul Wars where they opened up a chamber to coincide with like a big narrative hook and change, you know, in the right. story. So like if they're gonna do that every two, three you know, two years, maybe that that's when they open up a new chamber because of some other crazy thing that happened and Sigmar's like, All right, I need you guys now, go get 'em. Right. But um, yeah, if they're going to just open a chamber every year, they're going to run out.
0: Well, because yeah, well, they put out that set with Neve Black Talon and, um, and uh, Snail Rider Slime uh, trailer, Particulous
1: Slimeux. See, I,
0: I said this is why it's so great to have you back on the show because I could just babble stupid stuff and you could actually say <laughs> the names. Um, yes, but they opened a chamber for that, didn't they? That's when we got all the Paladors and stuff like that. Well. Didn't they come know. right around the same time? I thought that's... They what- did.
1: They came out... Or she came out a little later than they opened the chamber. Uh, because they opened the chamber in, like, February of the year that that came out. They just added Knave um, later in 2017. So, I don't know. I don't... I don't think it's another host. Because they said it was uh, the next chapter in Soul Wars. So, I don't... If they're going by the theory that we're opening a new chamber every time there's a new story arc, this is just a continuation. So I don't think it's another right chamber.
0: But I, I'm all I'm saying is this is this is only really the second story arc, isn't it? I mean, it was the Realmgate Wars, and then there was like a little quiet in between bit, and then there's this, and we've already opened a couple extra chambers during. Now, granted, that's the Realmgate Wars, and that's the start and all sorts of stuff. I'm just saying I hope you're right. I hope they hold them, keep them closed until we get a new story arc, because there's still plenty of stuff. They've got plenty of stuff, and there's uh, plenty of other stuff they could be doing. But uh, it looked like there might be an ogre book from the hints there and from some pictures. I think that would be really cool. I'm actually excited about maybe getting an ogre book that's something other than just the Beast Claw Raiders.
2: Yeah, well, they said they were going to update books from all the allegiances. So that could be it could be that or it could be an update to these you know they could be doing the the FEC treatment to like beast claws and iron jaws maybe.
0: They could. Then that yeah, that's that's totally plausible. I'm just I'm kind of got my fingers crossed for let's get the rest of the let's get the rest of the ogres uh done they've got so cuz they've got so many things that aren't in any book other than just the Grand yeah, Alliance so many
2: book f- side factions that yeah. are they're trying maybe cleaning up and putting together or-
0: yeah and they need to pull like they're doing now with putting out a skaven book and pulling all the clans back instead of doing a book for every clan i'd like to see them do an ogre book you whether they pull the beast claw raiders into that or not you know just let's cover all that other stuff i'm just excited there was a lot of cool stuff that sisters of battle model looked cool the uh, Primaris Marines looked pretty cool that they showed. They got a couple of new games, Warcry and this, that, and the. Other. I just, I was like, hey, this stuff yeah. all looks pretty cool." I'm now. Can I'm, we, can we talk about that Warcry quick?
2: Like, sure. I've been, ai mean, I've just been addicted to Kill Team. It's been so much fun, and if and they kind of they said it's like a mix between Kill Team and like Nightball or like Underworlds. Like, yeah! How exciting is that? I, I can't wait. I don't know what it is, but I'm already like just by saying it's like the, it's like a mix of those two. I'm like, I'm in. Boom, done.
0: I have not Sign gotten the play kill team yet, but uh Brandon, my buddy, is, he's been playing it a bunch, and he's like, "Dude, you got to play it." He's like, "Just get a grab a faction and play it." So I picked up the orcs because I just really needed an excuse to buy some orcs. So I'm definitely going to give that a shot once I get those guys built and painted um, because I know I just I keep hearing Kill Team is so awesome and if I can build five models and give the game a try I'm good. Well
2: if you're playing Orcs you probably get any more than five.
0: Or however many it comes in the Orc box I don't know I just bought that and then I bought their general. Yeah,
2: No it's 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 great. I'd definitely give it a try. Um, and like I said like I'm a huge Underworlds fan too so you take two things that I'm a huge fan of and you're like yeah it's it's AOS, and it's a mix. I'm like, it's just, I am it's I can't wait.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I've been trying to stay away from the Gene Stealer cult's Kill Team Box, because I need another project like I need a hole in the head. <laughs> but the new Gene Stealer models have just been ridiculous.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that stuff looks great. Yeah, I haven't seen anything I really haven't liked. And then they said the new Primaris Lieutenant or whatever. and so does, is, Loved it. So, wait is that's that's Avadin, right? And, that's Avadin, yeah. Yeah. is, yeah, that was is he getting a, trolling. Yeah, so but he's coming in big. Like he's they come out of the warp. If you got a if you got an actual name, you come out of the warp pretty large. It's like I didn't see all of everything, but isn't he like standing on a Primaris Marine or something? That's what I was told.
2: Well, did you the video has like these like flashes of the right. model like like, it's got his claw. It's got the sword. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Dude, was, I loved it. It's like, the primary lieutenant you've been waiting for? And I'm like, what? Seriously? Another
0: one? Yeah, that's <laughs> the They I, that video. I stopped. I said the same thing. I go, who's waiting for a specific primarist? What? <laughs> There's a specific one we're waiting for? I didn't even know this. Uh, yeah, and then it looks like it's going to be him. I just, I heard he's going to be like almost Gilliaman-sized, though. And I can see it. Yeah, I mean, well, heck, you know, Mortarion comes out, and he's the size of a, a truck. Yeah, so.
1: Mor- is a, a demon prince, yeah. He's a demon prince, so I Abaddon mean, shouldn't be unless they changed his
0: narrative. No, but I'm saying I mean, he doesn't need to be that big, but he could be as big as Gilliam, and he, that could just be from all the different gifts of the gods. Because let's face it, he did Horus the way Horus should have done Horus. You know, like, yeah. you, you know, he's like, hey, look, I didn't go overboard. I I serve them all. I mean, he's like the 40K version of not, Archeon. not quite Archeon. But, yeah, that's that's what he is, isn't he? Yeah.
2: And Archeon, think of how big Archeon
0: is if you take him off the door car. I yeah. Mean, he's still standing. He's still towering over, over Stormcast. He's a big boy. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they gave him an extra large model. And he deserves one after the – I mean, he's – He's still 80s punk rock uh heavy metal uh arc you know uh, abaddon so
1: and he's small too cuz he's smaller than a regular terminator now isn't he Yeah.
0: Yeah, he hasn't been updated in forever so think they'll keep that the top knot. Oh yeah. Yeah, keep it. Oh yeah. Uh, that's that's his thing. He ain't giving that up. Yeah.
1: You can't not do Abaddon without the massive top knot.
0: That's like seeing Michael McDonald walk out somewhere and he's not wearing jeans and a white shirt and a black uh, a black suit jacket. All right, whatever. Forget you guys. Um, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. Ma- From the Doobie Brothers? Michael McDonald? Cricket.
1: Some of us have taste in music.
0: I just but I'm just saying there's a guy who if you Okay challenge YouTube anything that Michael McDonald's in after like say 1980 and find him in something where he's not wearing a pair of jeans a white shirt and like a, and a sport coat because like all he ever wears when he goes anywhere heck you could you know what uh, you, you type, go on YouTube and type in Michael Mc, uh, Michael McDonald on family guy and then the cartoon he's wearing blue jeans a white shirt and a, and a sport jacket the guy's only got one set he's got like 18 pairs of the same set of clothes you never see him anywhere without him. Forget it. You know what? Forget it. Now I'm um, no. No. I already okay. did. Oh I see where this is going. Was you know what? I else? might
2: actually spend a time. I might spend some time looking at, at this Michael McDonagg. I'm just saying if you just see you. It, it's
0: it's always gonna be in the same clothes. And that's just my that was my only point, but whatever. So um yeah, okay then, then that's I guess that's the toolbox. I, I brought that to a screeching halt. Thank you very much for having me ruin all this. All right, so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to spend the the last hour or whatever it is of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about PACA with Ryan Nickel, three-time winner. There's only been 10 WAPACAs, and Ryan's won 30% of them. People have come from all over the planet to play this game at WAPACA. And you know who wins it? If you go, if okay, let's put it this way. If you're looking and you're like, oh, hey, look, there's somebody won Wapaca, a whole, and, and a third of them. You look to the guy on your left. Did he win? No. You look to the guy on your right. Did he win? No. Then you're Ryan Nickel and you won. You did because you're the guy because you got <laughs> oh, a third Jesus. of them. That's like, oh, look, it's me. I won them all. I mean, honestly, that's kind of impressive, Ryan. I'm, I mean, I'm making jokes, but what the hell? Like, I don't, I don't know if anyone else has won it twice.
2: It's my it's my mustaches that I shave every year. It distracts my opponents, and then they make bad decisions.
0: Well, you know, I didn't think it was possible for you to get better looking, and then you come in with that that beautifully uh, that uh, trimmed and tailored mustache and beard thing going. I was hypnotized during our game. I think <laughs> I'm going to claim that's why I lost. Yep. Ryan sure. Nichols' killer smile cost me the game. So, Works every time. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to get back. We're going to talk PACA. Because uh, there's all sorts of things that went on, and it'll be fun, and we'll be back. Okay, listeners, what's the number one rule of hobby gaming? Okay, well, the number one rule of hobby gaming is don't buy more models than you can paint, but we all break that rule constantly. So what's the real number one rule of hobby gaming? Support your friendly local gaming store. And my friendly local gaming store is Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. No, not that Wakanda. And no, not that Lindsay. So why Lindsay's Gamer Garrison? What do they have to offer? First, they carry everything Games Workshop. 40K, AOS blood bowl necromunda kill team all the paint line they even have black library books they offer special discounts every day and if you do go in there and there's something out of stock special order discounts that you won't believe after you buy all your models feel free to stay and paint them at their fully stocked totally free to use painting station and then once your army's ready sign up for one of lindsey's monthly tournaments that's right They have a local one-day event every single month, alternating between 40K and AOS. And that's still not all. Monday is Build and Paint Day. Come in on Monday, work on your latest project, you get a raffle ticket. Come in and play Warhammer on Saturday, get a raffle ticket. Now, what's the raffle? Every month, two winners receive a $50 gift card to use on GW products, just for coming in and playing and painting and being part of the community. And that's not even all you get for coming in and being a part of the community. Come in for that Saturday gaming where you get a raffle ticket. You also earn a Lindsay's Gamer token. And when you have eight tokens, you can turn them in and get free entry into one of the tournaments that I just mentioned earlier. And that's why I love Lindsay's Gamer Garrison. Fully stocked with all the GW product you could want. And they're doing their best to reward you for being part of the gaming community. What more could you ask for? A place to play, a place to build, a place to paint, a place to hang out, and a place that rewards you for being there. Folks, if you're looking for one place that will satisfy all your hobby needs, you have to come and see Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. And we are back, 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 yes, we are. back with Brian. and back with Alex and Dave is not alone, and that's always better. Uh, you have no idea how many sympathy emails I got. They're like, "Oh, Dave, we felt your pain that last episode." Did you even listen, Alex? to The last episode? Huh? See, I know you don't listen when you're not on. Um,
1: I don't listen. Period. Uh-huh. Um, I just I haven't had the chance.
0: See, now that now, see, I know one I was around, you don't listen, but. Yeah, no, no, I was... no,
1: no. It's just like even if I'm driving to work, the dulcet tones – like I can't listen to AOS shorts on my drive to work every day because the dulcet tones just put me right to sleep, and I don't oh. sleep much anymore.
0: Oh, so you didn't listen to the la- – oh, okay. Well, I didn't. I didn't. That's fine. That's fine. I wasn't – no. I did I-, I thought it was good. <laughs> it, was, it was a little embarrassing. Um. I meant I might have mentioned you, Alex, but that's okay. So um, now I'm worried. No, it was just uh, I had Chris Yu on to talk about airbrushing, but yeah, we hit, we were on a time limit. And he came in, and we recorded the end of the show first, his segment, and then I said, "Hey, listen, if you got time, if you want to hang out for the beginning part," but he's like, "I don't really have anything to add for that." So I was like, "Oh, that's cool," and then I realized I was I'm talking to myself again, um, and so I had to do it like three or four times to get it so it didn't. Wasn't terrible. You um,
1: have Lindsay for a reason.
0: I know, and even she was not as helpful. Just you got to hear it, but you don't. Don't worry about it. Let's let's go on. Whoa, Pekka, number ten. Oh so, um, yeah. For any of you who don't know, this is uh, the uh, the point hammered guys run this. Well, actually, it was Bear mostly, and then the other guys were helping, and now it's Mosi Raj. And I guess next year it's going to be all Raj.
2: Yeah, we yeah. got some retirements. Yeah. yeah. Sad.
0: Yeah, Bear, they announced that this is Bear's last Walpaca. He's retiring from running stuff, so it's all Raj. Um, now, I got to say this. I mean, I, I didn't go to the first Walpaca. I don't even think I went to the second Walpaca. I think I didn't get to go till the third one. Uh, I've been to like five or six. Um. And there's usually a whole lot of – there used to be a whole lot of, you know, bring in your club banners and they had the parade of clubs and all that sort of thing. Not a lot of pageantry or pomp and circumstance at this year's Waupaca. Not like in past years.
2: Yeah, the opening ceremonies were really dialed back this year. There wasn't there's much crap talking between the clubs and you didn't give your your speech on what your club was there to do and – but. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was pretty much like, "Hey, we're here. We're going to be playing Warhammer." Now, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, being like, "Yeah, hey, you have to do that stuff." I mean, we're just we're playing a tournament. I was fine. We got welcomed, and I was content. Um, but there was a, just a lot of stuff sort of dialed back. It felt like this year we didn't, and hey, we didn't have any, we didn't have packets. We didn't have tournament packets, and honestly, I I was fine with that. Like, we didn't really need them. It felt like. Um, no, literally, Raj just uh, before the round, like they they did it on War Score, and on the first round, it told you the first round it told you um, what battle plan you were getting. That, that he just named each round that battle plan, and so you went to that battle plan, and and then he just said, "Oh, this is the realm we're playing in, and this is the realm." Uh, Scape feature, yeah, the Realmscape feature, and they just they gave us a realm and a Realmscape feature ahead of time, so there was no rolling for it. Everyone was playing sort of the same thing, and they're like, "Go for it! It's all in your book. You don't need it. you don't need us to print all this out for you." Um, they just walked around with sheets, near, like halfway through the round, said, "Here, fill this out when you're done." It was like, a, and it was a little small bit of paper. Uh, I suppose that saved a lot of paper, actually, and it was, it actually worked. Like I. I I for one thought it was kind of legit like it was fun I hadn't gone to a tournament in a long time that just said hey look we're going to just do this scenario out of the book and we're adding this realm feature and go for it and you don't need all the extra stuff yeah um,
2: it was it was like I it, it, like you said you didn't really need anything the one the one thing that I would say about Pekka that I feel like was missing was that secondary like something other than the main mission that would kind of like get you a point here to you know Whatever it would be. I mean, all these tournaments are using that. I yeah. Feel like I feel like that was the one thing that was missing.
0: I I do like secondary and tertiary objectives, um, but it was kind of refreshing, you know, like something different. Like, I was expecting that where you have some other way to get points because um, I noticed that play, and I was like, wow, they have the major victory, minor victory, draw, minor loss, major loss. Um, almost everybody seemed to be coming in on the – uh, major you know major win and major loss because it, when you read the basic scenario rules, it's actually kind of hard to wind up even with the minor you know it's like, oh, if nobody wins this, then you can go to minors so I guess there are some people on the minor wins minor losses, mm-hmm. but uh, when we were playing, it was pretty I mean and I don't mean just you and I I mean me and all my opponents um, it was never close to anything but a major win for somebody. So I don't know if that's how the games all turned. Well, I know they all turned out them way. For you. you got five major wins. Um, I did not. Oh, you didn't? I thought you did. No, that's 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 not how I win packa. I usually lose
2: one, but you know I'm a jet on the table, and I got a good paint score. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually one of my one of my uh, packas that I won, I actually would have got best general had I not won best overall. But the other two, I wouldn't have. I, you know, soft scores. It's, that's that's why I can win PACA. There's I can't a, win yeah, anything
0: else. There's a there's a bunch of soft scores going in there, um, but I like that. I, I mean, I I I there, I, go, I go to PACA for a reason. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a
2: great time. I'm glad that Roger's going to keep doing it with with despite the retirements. I mean, it's not just Bear that's retiring. It's the the Warhammer Widows retiring as is. Oh, you that's know, true. There, I mean, everybody's retiring. So I'll hopefully. he he finds some people that are that are willing to, you know, help him and support him um, to keep it going. But I'm glad he I'm glad he's choosing to take it to the next year. I was I was a little worried last year when they announced it. They're like, it's the apocalypse. Yeah. And I thought I thought they were kind of you know going to do their swan song this year just one more time. But then I was like, well, but they're going to be doing a lot of terrain and you know, will they really just hang it up after that? So I'm really glad it's going to keep going. Uh, I I really enjoy it every year have a blast the the crew that comes from the midwest and and everybody that's come from east coast west coast uh england wherever everybody's come from everybody always brings a great vibe and you know we're all stuck in the hotel for you know almost 72 hours together there's nowhere to go because it's too cold so everybody always just hangs out plays games um has beers or plays goes to another room and plays Mortal Kombat, whatever.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no, it's it's a great time. So I'm I'm really happy he's going to keep it going.
0: I am too. I am too. And um, now they did give out one award on opening ceremonies day. Um, they had people raise their hand if it was their first time at Wapaca, and then they said, "Okay, guys, put your hands up uh, if you've been here. If this is your second Wapaca." and then keep your hands up if it's your third Wapaka, and they got to the 10th Wapaka, and only one person there had his hand up, who had been to all 10 Wapakas, and that was John Wanger. And so John Wanger got a special award as being the only person who's been to all of them. Um, Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I know someone who got nine who really wanted to be there, and so I feel bad for him, even though I'm kind of bringing it up and rubbing it in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we missed him. We missed him a lot. We're sorry, Alex. Yep. But you it got happens. a brand new wonderful baby, so... Well, we
1: didn't think this is going to be an issue and of course it's an issue, but it's okay. It is what it is and not <laughs> everybody can get away with going to tournaments when their wife goes into labor or shortly thereafter.
0: Oh my god, that's right. Um, Chris, you was at the
1: he was at Adepticon when his uh, youngest was born.
0: Well, no, I think he made it to the hospital, but he got the yeah. call that she was in labor, and he's she's like, finish your game and get over here.
1: Yeah.
0: I, but, I, I, I think that's how the story went, if I remember correctly. Because, he, yeah, he just disappeared after that round. I was looking for him, and they're like, yeah. oh, no, he's gone. His wife went into labor. I was like, Oh Yeah.
1: So, no, it, it is. It sucks being a Pack can't. I got to... Tell
0: you that right now. <laughs> yes, it yeah. does. Yeah, because my uh, my availability changes wildly at Waupaca due to uh, due to Kira's birthday, often falling right on it. So, what can you do?
1: Yeah, it's all right.
0: But that was about all of the uh, beginning. Like I said, I I, I liked I liked uh, War Score. I like... Uh, Warscore is a great tool. Um, I th- If you, if you've never go to it, you can try it. It's at warscore.com. It's a free uh, service where you can basically do... It's kind of like Best Coast Pairings only... Um, I don't know. For me, it's, it just seems really easy and simple. And, and I really enjoy it. And uh, we all got all our messages through it and stuff like that. All our games and things. And our matchups. Um, and like I said, I just... This was... I haven't been to a tournament in a while where they're just like, we're just literally taking it straight out of the book. Mm-hmm. You're playing this scenario in this realm with that realm's capability and go for it. And um, it did make the games You really... I i think I, they played a little quicker without the secondary and tertiary you know, uh, stuff to grab because you just basically had to go for the one thing. Uh, also mm-hmm. made them bloody fights <laughs> but uh I, like I said i I enjoyed it I, I do like some variety in my in my tournaments and this was just a one a way I hadn't played it in a while so um Ryan what did you think of the realms uh, at play at being uh, part of the part of the uh, yeah. part of the tournament? <clears throat>
2: Um, so I thought they were great. I mean, so, um, with, with three young boys, I don't, I don't make it to a lot of tournaments. So the prior tournament that I'd been to, um, before this was Adeptcon. So I haven't been to a tournament with the Realmscape features and it's kind of, you know, one of the suggestions I made was had I, you know, going into Adeptcon now, um, having experience on, you know, five of the realms and in a match play setting, you know, I really feel like this, it'd be a great opportunity to kind of touch on the key points for anybody who's going to go to a tournament that's going to be using these realmscape features, the realm of battle spells and, you know, specifically the realm command abilities and making sure that you're just aware of the opportunities and the options that you have, as well as, you know, what to look out for, you know, from a match play perspective and a competitive perspective that your opponent could potentially do, you know, if they have wizards or if, you know, if they have heroes within certain ranges of units Think in a couple of my battles, you know, they just focusing on them and having the the little sheets, like, like printed out, you know, laminated, and I just like, okay, what do I got? What's my command ability? Because I didn't have spellcasters, so that kind of eliminated a little bit, so I could focus on what the command ability was. And I think, in at least in game five, day two, it won me the game. So I think using them is great. I think. It adds a little narrative flavor to any game you're playing like you can kind of like even in all my games like we would talk about oh we're in the realm of you know shyish and i played Nagash and shyish which we can talk about that but it's kind of like okay i'm, I'm, I'm invading, invading your realm and i'm here to you know whatever and it didn't work out for me but th- i think it adds that spin and you can add, like the the realmscape features while i think you need to be picking them for your, you know, your, your, um, rounds. And I think a lot of other people have talked about this before too, but you know, it, it really just kind of makes it feel a little bit more like you're actually in that realm when something could be happening, like life surge or, you know, um, steel rain, you know, you're playing in Shaman and all of a sudden you get started getting rained on my metal. You know, like, I think it just adds that a kind of a cool aspect, but with so much available there, you know, you definitely need to take a think about it when you're talking about a two hour, two and a half hour round. How much time you have, but overall, I thought it was they played really well, and I had a blast at peca so
0: I did too um it, it 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 makes me think about things sometimes because like you know when you're having with the realmscapes uh features that adds a, adds a little bit of play to the board without going crazy and having a bunch of rules it just adds a little play to the board plus we're sitting there and um you know, rolling out for all the different feet, all the different pieces of terrain that are on the board. So you're already getting the different, you know, terrain rules on all this stuff, and then adding in that extra feature. I don't know if this happens to you guys a lot, but like, I'll go up and if you're playing against someone kind of casual, either you forget to roll terrain features, or you're sitting there and it's like, you want to roll terrain features? Like, well, let's roll for these ones over here. But this is kind of like small. Let's not bother. I mean, am I the only one that that when I'm playing with people, they seem less than enthusiastic to roll up terrain features? I guess I am.
2: No, I've I've had it both ways. So I don't get a lot of like casual games, but usually when I am I'm we're we're playing match. Um and I for the most part we we're, we're both in a, I just kind of say, "All right, let's roll for t- train." And I just kind of go. So I don't I guess in my, in my head I'm thinking back I'm like maybe I should be asking my casual opponents like, "Hey, do you want to roll for train?" But I guess I guess I've always played with it, so I just kind of assume and I'm just like, "All right, I got these dice. I'm rolling." And I just start rolling. So there are some times where I'm like, should we really roll for this, you know, small, obscure piece? Um, but for the most part, I when I'm playing with my casual opponents, like, we usually all roll for pretty much everything other than, like, a hill, you know?
0: Right. But what I, I guess, like, this, like, when we were at PAKA, there was never seemed to be any question of it. It was, like, either myself or my opponent was like, okay, let's roll for terrain. And... You know, w- without the secondary and tertiary objectives and all the extra stuff, like, that's enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it, I, I didn't feel like there was too much going on where I would be overwhelmed or anything like that. And I felt like you kind of need that. Like, it really did add to – if you're just playing a straight scenario out of the book, even with the Realmscape feature – Um. Making sure that you're rolling for all the bits of terrain, making sure that you're paying attention to that, um, it really does add something, you know. And I guess, I guess part of it is even before I went to Alpaca, a lot of the games I'm getting in are are teaching games, and I'm not, you know, you're trying to teach people how to use their army and how to play, and you're trying not to introduce. St- too much at once, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, oh, we can sure. always, I can always show them terrain features once they understand the mechanics of the game. We can do that later. So a lot of times I don't have it, or if it's someone, you know, or if they have some gaming experience, it's like, well, we can do this, too. Like, this is part of it. But if it, if you're feeling overwhelmed, you could leave it out. So um, when we sat down and played just a straight-out-of-the-book mission, I was, like, I was really happy that we had rolled up all of those. I, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm making a big deal out of nothing or maybe i've just played i've played against a bunch of people who don't want to necessarily roll up terrain features but uh, i i i found it i i liked i it it i liked it and it made you know after doing that on the simple ones it made me really want to make sure that we always do that because it can add just a not a huge difference but just enough where it could be something interesting
1: mm-hmm. it was a lot worse with the first edition uh terrain rules uh because the areas were bigger there was a lot of terrain especially like mystical uh that would potentially like screw up your entire plan uh just because you rolled a one Uh, and a lot of people i think still have a lot of sour taste in their mouth about how terrain works never mind you have to remember potentially six extra rules for various terrain features on the table, and some people I can just get overloaded.
0: Yep, that was me uh,
1: for something that they continue that they may think is like trivial.
0: Yeah, that was me, but I I did like it, like I said, and maybe maybe it was just because I didn't have all this extra business going on in the round. I just had my one main objective, and those little bits worked for it. I'm just saying you know, I've I've come around on terrain features uh, a bit, so. That's all I'm saying. So, Ryan, do you want to talk? Like I said you won the darn thing. Do you want to talk about anything that happened in your games? That was, I mean, outside of maybe, like I said, outside of terrain and realm features, just the different games you played. Anything exciting happened in them? I mean, we don't talk about games as much as maybe we should on this show. So, you know, since you're the three time winner and all, I thought Sheesh. you want. To, <laughs> you want to,
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things that I guess tie to the the subject uh, at hand for sure. Um, I went. I did. Yes. Like I said, I I didn't go five and zero. I went four and one. So I I had four majors, and a minor. or Excuse me. Four majors and a major loss. And uh, my major loss was my first game. So you know, straight up submarine worked out for me.
0: Submarine. I see your plan now.
2: Um, So I played uh, Jake LaCurre with Nagash in the first round, and it was in Shyish. And, um, you know, with eight spells, all the spells available to him, you know, from Shyish, you know, the the Soul Force Sacrifice command ability where he, he, even if I tried to kill Nagash, if I didn't put him in the dirt, it was going to be like, all right, I'm going to kill off 10 to 12 skeletons and I'll be full health again. Um, and we can, you know, as we get to Shyish, we can talk about that one. But I just, and he had 30 Grim Gas Reapers and kind of spread them out, tying up most of my force. Um, and I just, I was on the back foot early. I made a push and kind of make, made it interesting. But overall, I was, just, I was just outgunned and outmatched in that one um, in terms of just the way the game played out and the, the army and and just all the opportunities he had. I mean, every turn, my he basically neutered my Bloodthirster, which was the only thing that I really had to even threaten the gash. With the spells, you would just put him negative one to hit, negative one attack. You know, he'd he'd make Nagash ethereal. Um, It was, I just, he made it, he basically made it so I couldn't touch Nagash, and I did what I could outside of that. Because that's Um, crazy,
0: because you got that spell so you can make him ethereal, so he's a three-up, unmodifiable. And then he can still, but you can still throw a Mystic Shield on him and allow him to reroll his ones, right?
2: Well, he's got the command ability to reroll ones, so he doesn't even need Mystic Shield. Oh,
0: that's right. So yeah, so he's basically a three-up set re-rolling ones. No. Yeah, that's good. With a
1: six-up afterwards.
0: Oh, that's right. <laughs> so dumb. and if it's a
1: mortal wound, it's a four-up, and then a six-up.
2: Yep. So that was my that was my first game. I, I felt like that one was pretty tough for me. But then my second game <clears throat> and my third game, I played two Lords of War guys, which um, I know really well. They're in the the Twin Cities area, and just had. Really fun games. They were really bloody. So I played Nate Williams in the first game against Iron Jaws, and he had two mock Crushes. And this is where um, I think the summoning ability really came into play. I got to eight, and I just really, really so badly wanted to bring my Bloodthirster that I died back. But my my head took over, and instead I summoned two different units in two different parts of the board, and then just went and captured objectives. So at the end of the game, he had his two mock Crushes running around, beat me bloody but um, just didn't have anything else left to, to cover objectives. Um, and then in the third game, I played uh, Walter Duncan. Um, and he, he played the – he was he was running a really cool list I've never seen. It was all Yetis except for three um, of the big beasts. I think they were all thunder tests. So I think they were, he was shooting three snowballs at me a turn. Um, kind of full court press with the, the – um, Guys, early. Oh, is that the it, three?
0: The three? I'm sorry. Is that the three uh, thunder tusks and then the stonehorn backing them up?
2: No, uh, he didn't have a stonehorn. I don't think. I
0: think
3: he had
2: three thunder tusks, and one of them was a like a lord on a thunder thunder tusk. I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a frost lord on thunder tusk and two husk guards, and and then just yetis after yetis after yetis, which is pretty cool. And like they have a really cool ability that caught me out like a couple times in the first first battle round. Where they can pile in six inches, even if they haven't charged or like been charged, like they just they, like, so if you get within six inches of them and you haven't charged or you just been moving, they just pile in in the combat phase, and you're like, "Wait, what?"
0: Right? So I I you just have to times. stay three inches away, but they can pile in from six. That's right. They got yeah. I've I've played against Yetis one time, and that totally messes you up. Yeah.
2: So it caught me out a couple times, and after that, I got my little six-inch measuring stick out, and I'm like, "All right." Put it by the Yetis while I'm moving around. Um, But again, that one came down to just um, having more stuff on the objectives longer. I was able to kill. I just kind of said, you know what? I probably won't get to those Thunder tusks, so I'll let them wreck me and then try to kill as many Yetis as I could. And I killed enough that he just couldn't get on all the objectives. Uh Um, But a great game. Uh, Had a lot of fun. On, on those two games there's just so much stuff died like most of my games my almost my whole entire army died but I then I'd bring more stuff back the new summoning mechanic's great for corn I'm loving it
0: <laughs> but So with corn you can save like up to 8 points right blood tithe points uh, now when you spend them to bring a unit back can you save whatever's left I know in the old rules it said whatever was left you you lost No yeah you
2: can't save anything but unlike the old way was whenever you use something on the blood tie table. So like, say you had seven, but you use number six, you just lose that last point. Right. Right. Now, if you're using them for summoning, you can do any combination of summoning within the points you have. So you could summon something that's worth five and worth three for eight points.
0: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's, so it gives
2: you, gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of what you want to do rather than having to spend eight to get that five thing. Um, you can spend eight to get a five and a three.
0: Interesting. but
2: and then game game 4 day 2 who to whom do i get to play but that was us mr david whiteback
0: i never when yeah, you talked like, about that one i never quite felt like i was out of that game that was fun that was a really good game
2: yeah that one was, that one i i think i won the roll off for picking sides mm-hmm. which i think won me the game because i was able to pick the side where that building could hide my to the artifact near right. the objective. And right. So most of your army couldn't see me with your shooting and then the only thing that you could hit him with was the magic which I had a 2 plus ignore mortal wounds from, shoot, or from magic.
0: Yeah, I dropped the comet back behind this building and I kill every character and every grunt except the guy I'm going for because he has a 2 up against mortal wounds from magical attacks. No.
2: Yeah, I remember. I'm like, uh, pretty sure endless spells are spells, right? So I get my two up, and we're like, yeah, pretty much. So that was, I mean, that was a good game. And, like, again, most of my stuff died. I think everything I threw at you, I couldn't believe it. Like, I just bounced. I mean, uh, Staunch Defender's still the real.
0: Staunch Defender's still good. And I had a, I mean, my list was weird, I think. I thought at least, um, and i had played against one of the, the the one of the detroit guys second game with his nagash and he even said he's like your list he goes nobody it's really actually really good against all of these guys bringing big beasties he goes cuz nobody was mm-hmm. nobody is bring- and i didn't i didn't think my list was all that special <laughs> if, if, uh what did i i had i had 10 retributors 5 uh liberators two units of five judicators i had uh three pigeons two ballistas. Three pigeons, two ballistas, and then I had a bunch of characters. I had a I had a Ladorinator, I had a relictor, <laughs> um I had the Celestant on foot, I had a, a what a Castellant, I think. Yeah. Yes. And um incanter, An incanter, and then I had the um the I, I allied in a the comet. Uh, and you and took a, the comet. battle mage, and I took the battle mage, and the battle mage was great because I didn't have too much that I did. I didn't really do too much with him other than, at the start of the turn, I just have him take take the comet off the table so that my incanter could throw it or could throw it back on, the, and that was that worked really well. <laughs> but nice. Yeah, I shot the gosh off top of two. Yeah. I took, uh, yeah, so I did dispel the comments. I could drop it again, but all the shooting, I managed to take out your big bloodthirster, and uh, all those, all those uh, little corn, little corn demon guys. All their little swords just bounced off all that, all of that armor. That was just bananas.
2: Yep. If I didn't do a mortal wound, it didn't get through.
0: Yeah, and that's basically what happened was you had the one guy in the corner getting all the points for sitting on the objective that I couldn't get off. And I was starting to move more and more stuff over there like I've got to get him off. Uh, and then I wiped out your big unit of blood letters. And then I was just like, "Ugh!" I'm trying to move forward and sweep across to get the blood letters. And I just could not get there in time. And eventually you killed my general. And you could only be someone with an artifact or a wizard. I'm like, well. That's the only guy who's gonna hold any ground. That was once that once you took him out, I was like and like you said, there's a bloodbath. I, I, I literally wiped out most of your army. And I lost big time because I could not get to the objectives and hold them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean like I think I think I gave you first turn. You didn't push too hard because you didn't want to just throw yourself into my army, but then I then I pushed hard and like took one thirty man unit of bloodletters and surrounded one objective so you come down from the sky or teleport to that one and then i took the one on the my left and then the center one was kind of up for grabs but i again my 30 man other 30 man pack of blood letters got into your face and you were kind of spent dealing with them for like you know two turns yeah. i mean which I, by that point you weren't on any objectives you know well, so.
0: yeah and that's what i mean you, you played it just right literally there's three objectives and only you only had two characters who could get on objectives cuz you had your the one guy the two you had mm-hmm. two different guys with artifacts.
2: Yeah, and you killed my bluffer first first round.
0: Right, so you were down to one guy with artifact. I had two wizards and a guy with an artifact. Um, but you're just like, yeah, so here, chew through all of these blood these <laughs> blood letters uh, before you can get to anything and I was just like, oh, I don't have a big enough unit to wipe these guys out. And mm-hmm. then, meanwhile, your other guy just hid in the back and racked up all the points and won it. That was fun, but uh, yeah. it was it was. Uh, ugh, I still yeah, it was, yet to was... beat you. It'll happen. <laughs> nah, maybe not.
2: I feel like didn't you? I'm pretty sure you beat me when I came over to your house and played in your basement oh. with all your zombies and stuff.
0: Oh, that's right. That was right way back in Eighth Edition. I did get one. I got one win in. That's right. That's right, because yeah. when when you beat those zombies, when we played at uh, Blood in the Sun, you're like, this is revenge for all them darn zombies that were messing up my game at your house. Because mm-hmm. uh, that was brutal. Yeah. All right, so then your fifth game, what Yeah. You and then do? quick. So the fifth game
2: um, really come, for me, I, I was, Jordal had played, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank right now. He played the Daughters of Cain. And this guy um guy not Greg no. Oh my gosh. Why can I not remember his name? He's gonna kill me. Um <clears throat> well, but he yes, kill he, you. Jordan will play him earlier. Well he won't kill me, but um he had played me earlier and or played him earlier and I was just like, Oh, that's gonna be a tough matchup, you know, I haven't played the daughters of Kane. So I kinda talked to him a little about how that game went and he's like, Okay, was here's, it you know Greg?
0: Here's, yeah. Greg Kirking? Yeah.
2: Yep. Okay. Yeah, I said Greg, and I was like, I can't, couldn't remember his last name, but yeah, he, he's, he's, I mean, he's a hoot. I love playing him too. But it came down to being, in, really, it came down to it being an Olgu, which, um, and it was the, uh, it was the burn, the objective one, Scorched Earth. And so, what it came down to for me that I ended up getting me the win, it was really close. I think I ended up winning like thirteen to eleven. So there's two things that helped me get the win. Number one was I teleported using the command ability with a unit within six inches of the board edge to his weakest protected objective, which is five dark riders. Um, in my turn one and got on his objective. So like turn one, I was able to score four points because I was on his objective. It also for, then it forced his one big block of witch elves to go retake that, which took them out of the game for the rest, you know, for the rest of the game. But it put me up by one point. And then later, I think it was maybe turn two or turn three. I summoned three blood crushers again within six inches of my board edge. And then it, I think I won a double turn that turn, teleported them to the other side of the board on his unprotected objective, got on it, and burned it. So while I'm protecting my two or three and scoring the points. So really, I mean, that, that command ability and one of the reasons I, you know, hey, this could be a good opportunity for us to talk about this was what I felt really, you know, ended up helping me win that game, was being able to, to utilize that correctly and effectively to get the, get on the objectives. Um, the other thing that helped me win the game was he actually burned, he got, he, eventually he killed all my my whole army with those, that 30-pack of witch and some other things. But at the end, he basically had a chance to, to win it with two D3 burn rolls, and he rolled ones for both of them, so I ended up winning by two. So obviously, if he would have rolled two threes, he would have won. Roll two twos, we would have tied so it was uh, and it was funny too when I when we first burned each other's objectives the first round, I think he got a three and I got a a one. And I was like, you know, I really wish for you know, match play games, they would just say it's worth two if you burn it so that it wasn't it wouldn't come down to those dice rolls. And he's like, no, no, I love the dice rolls. And then turns out at the end of the game, they just you know, came back to bite him in the you know what, so. but yeah i, I that was kind of when I was like man these these realm abilities if you if you forget about them you could really put yourself in a bad situation or if you can remember them and utilize them to their their you know the best that you can use them can really win you games, which is what happened in that, that last game you know I think we play some other scenarios or maybe some other games i I think his his list can beat mine pretty much all the time, but just the way that the the scenario worked out and the, the realm that we were in gave me that slight advantage I needed. So, but yeah, four and one, I couldn't, I was, I was surprised that I won the last game and I didn't, I was, I felt pretty bad though. I, um, it was snowstorm in Minnesota. So I'm like, all right. The oh, yeah. I'm like, yep. I'm leaving. I'm leaving as soon as my last game's done. So as soon as we were done, I packed it up as fast as I could, said as as many goodbyes as I could, packed it all up, took off. Didn't even stay for the uh, the raffle that I you know spent thirty bucks on.
0: There was now though if you if you looked on any of your map things like anyone who knows what like it was just like here is the snow line of death riding in from the west towards the east through Minnesota into Wisconsin to Chicago. I left not long after the tournament ended. And I was—I felt like I was a, a beast claw raider just like riding right in front of the storm coming up <laughs> behind me the whole time. And you were going right into it. So I totally get yeah. why you left.
2: But, yeah. and, then I'll, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I get uh, – Domus sends me a text or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. FaceTime. And he's like, you won. I'm like, what? So then I called him back. He's like, What's well, us time? So then I got to watch the pint challenge, which is always a great thing. Uh, but I couldn't believe that – i I mean – I thought maybe I had a chance when I won the last game, but I was like, "Nah, there's people that are five and all. Like, I'm not going to win it." And yeah, I just I got enough people to vote for me for best sports and got some best army votes and kind of just ticked enough points to get best overall. So
0: yeah, no, and congratulations, you deserved it. Honestly, it was a lot of fun playing you, and you do a really great job, and you really hammer it home with a. Corn demon list, which is not something that I see most people taking. Well, let's be
2: let's be fair. It's corn demons plus Gore pilgrims.
0: Oh, that's right. You allied in some Gore pilgrims,
2: and it's, I got minimum Gore pilgrims plus a bunch of demons. So,
0: you yep. know, yeah, it was it was it was fun. So now, um, why don't we do this? I know you wanted to talk all about. Um, you had a lot of stuff about the the different realms. And that, and I, uh, you wanted to talk about them in a tournament setting because you think they could be pretty cool, but you got to kind of prep for them. And I thought this was making a great topic because I remember even last year when I was at Gen Con, like some guy who was not playing AOS, he was a 40K player, wandered by and was like, Oh, you guys playing like using realm rules? I'm like, uh they're terrible. That's why none of us play AOS anymore. Those realm rules ruin the game. They're so terrible. They make everything off balance. And I was just like, dude, okay, um, relax. He's like, Yeah, that's why forty K is so much better. I'm like, this is not a contest. Go away. <laughs> Shoot. But no, so you wanted to talk about how you thought it would be cool, uh, you know, for tournament play. And I'm like, Oh that that yes, let's do let's do that. So we're going to take one last break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk to Ryan all about all the ideas that he's got rolling around in that head of his, and uh, and then and then wrap up the show. So we'll be back.
1: And we are back taking a quick look at all the different realms of battle and the mortal realms and fun features and important safety features
0: yes yes now uh, now Ryan we, we we're gonna try to we're gonna talk about this uh, we're gonna start it more from a player perspective I guess just uh, what you're planning on and what you're prepping for when you come in and maybe different things that you look for in the realms. Right now, I think that's I think that's how we plan on starting it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that sounds good.
0: So uh, take it away. What you want to say?
2: Yeah. So I guess uh, again, this comes from my experiences at Waipaka, and there's people out there that have got a lot more experience in this game than me. So take this. You know, if you're somebody that also is new out there and is planning on going to a and they're using the Romscape features, you know, maybe take this as a hey, this is something quick to take 15 minutes. Uh, listen to this podcast. Listen to kind of some of my, some of my pointers. Um, go through the realmscapes yourself, and just kind of prepare yourself as best you can um, for whatever could happen. But I think this going through this is we're gonna I'm gonna really t- talk about the, the high points and things to think about for each of these realms, and then hopefully it's a, at least a starting point for you, or maybe it's the all for when you go to a, your next tournament or your even your next game and say, oh, we're, we rolled shy-ish, All right, here's the key things that I need to remember for both myself and for my opponent. I think um, if you at least have the top things in mind when you're in the the realms, um, you won't get caught off guard. And you might have um, a tool that your army doesn't normally have in your pocket to utilize. So just to start, you know, going through the realms, you know, I really think it's going to be calling out any specific command abilities. Each realm comes with the command ability that your generals can use or your heroes can use if they're within a certain distance. There's usually a, a rum spell in addition to the six spells that any, you know, any wizard can cast. And then there's the realm features. features. Um, when it comes to the features, and I'll talk about this a little bit more when I'm think when I'm kind of talking about if I was going to plan a tournament, I kind of wrote down the ones that are, are basically they affect everybody similarly, or if not the same. And then there's other ones that could affect some armies more than others or specifically call out order or specifically call out, and I'd, I'd say if you're running a tournament, those those are the ones that you probably would want to leave out um, if you're going to be running something. Just that way, it doesn't affect somebody harder than than others. But um, so I don't know if where we where we can start. But I guess from my notes, um, I have Guy Ran, um that I that I listed first. And when we talk about when I talk about Gyran, what I put down and is. Not really. The Command Ability is not huge. Um, you know, the Realm Spell is not huge. I would say... So number three is Life Springs. So really, it's just a hero for both sides get plus one wound. Um, so everybody's going to have a hero. Everybody's going to get one hero with plus one wound. Um, f- four is the Hidden Festering Corruption. So it is a little bit better for Nurgle. But on a whole, you can still probably go with it. And then Nurgle will just have a little bit better. But start of the hero phase, you roll die, and you add one if you're Nurgle. On a five-plus, you can pick an enemy unit that's within one inches of a terrain feature, and they just surf, suffer a mortal wound. So it's not a really big deal. You can obviously avoid being by terrain features, but it's something that everybody has and kind of gives you the feel of, of And then number six is if a battle shock roll is not modified one, no models flee. In addition, heal all wounds that are currently allocated to that unit. So it doesn't mean you can bring models back, but if it, you roll one for your Battleshock test for your your Kothian guard, and you know, you a one, then they'd heal up to full. So that could be pretty powerful, but it it, it can really affect anybody, and it's, and it's very rare. So that's kind of those the ones that I would say that you could you know you can look at for using in in the match play tournament.
0: I see what you're doing, and if you're and if you're a now if you're a TO, and you're pre picking these, let's say because that's like what they did at PACA. They said don't roll it up. We're just going to pre pick one, Alex. As a TO. Do you try mm-hmm. to go with the one that like the add a wound characteristic or or do you just not worry about that?
1: The big thing with all of these that you look for is outliers. Um, so like the plus one wound is different for a death army with Nagash versus a gloom spite army with a moon boss on foot. So it's like the that wound is not weighted equally, depending on what you're playing and playing against. Okay. There's one extra wound on the gosh, it was an extra mile at that point. <laughs> um, the Quagmire you can't really use, um, because you have two armies that are primarily moving by flying, and then as soon as people put together the Squig Army of Doom... Um, you're gonna have three mo- three armies that are primarily by flying. Like, and when I say three armies, I mean legions and the gash, because all of them can take ghosts. Um, yeah, the entire
0: the entire night army can fly, right?
1: Yeah, the entire night army can fly. But then anything in legions and a gash that can be taken from night haunt, mm-hmm. which is like what you see now, which is legions of grim gas, which are a little obnoxious. Um, so it just. I think that there's too many t- army builds that are too good, um, that are fast enough. And then if you can't keep up with them for objective control, like you have to consider all options. So that one, I don't know if you can use effectively in a large pool because you're just going to give a significant advantage to anything that could fly.
4: Right.
2: Yeah, especially if you're not announcing, you know, what you're using before the tournament too.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you did announce that you're using Feck and Quagmire, everyone's going to switch hard to list second flyer, have a flying element, especially when they wouldn't normally take it or cannot have access to it.
0: Sure. So. See, this, yeah, is, the, this is the stuff I find interesting. See, there's a lot of these. This stuff, yeah.
2: There's a lot of these that are going to be like, hey, if you apply it to X army or Y unit. Um, it's definitely going to have, it, it could have a different impact, like the plus one wound. Um, and for me, it's just more like without cutting out everything, you know, like here's the ones that are, yeah, like the quagmire for, to your point, Alex, or like the, the wounds, it's not weighted equally between a goblin or a grot and a, and a gash, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, unless you're going to say, all right, only, you know, seeds of hope or, you know, it. If this I'm trying to get at least a couple options, but to your to your point, you're the TO. You got to make that decision for for your tournament.
1: Yeah, that's what it boils down to. You have to also mm-hmm. look at the meta if you're running a tournament and like what is the big deal right now that I have to not overly pivot towards. So
2: yeah, and then I'd say <clears throat> from a spell perspective, um, watch out for like Mirror Pool. Uh, Alex, you mentioned this one when we were talking about it earlier. You can remove the caster from the battlefield and set them up again anywhere within 18 inches of their previous position, more than 9 inches away. So watch out for, you know, especially like a a more powerful spellcaster to just teleport and be ready to charge you potentially or do something else nasty. Um, The other ones I mentioned, if you're picking them for yourself or just being aware of, you know, anything that can heal a model, I always kind of be aware of, wrong blood, you can heal D3 wounds to the caster. So again, healing up in a Gash and Archeon. Just be aware that they can potentially do that. And then the last one I mentioned as, uh, as something to look at would be flush the stone for the same reason. Like It's um, reroll successful wound rolls for attacks that target the caster. So, again, you put it, you, you cast that on and the Gash and Archeon, a great unclean one, and it makes it so they're going to be hard, really, really, really hard to kill versus just really hard to kill. Um, so just be aware of those. I'd say those three. Um, yeah, the on. Oh, go the ahead.
1: important safety thing about mirror pool... Um, as written, you can move after it, but it's been faq that you cannot move after you mirror pull.
2: Good to know. And I'm going to be leaning on you for those facts, so keep them coming. <laughs> yeah. In no in no particular order, I went to, to Gur next. <clears throat> so I apologize if you're, you're following along in your book. It probably isn't in the right order, but um, for Gur, there is no command ability in this one, so nothing really to, to watch out for there. Um, I did mention, um, the realm spell, which is wild form. It's casting value of five, pick it from the unit within 12 inches and add two to charge and run. I would say be very aware, aware of this one if you're placing, facing an army that can run and charge. Uh, Daughters of Cain, you know, uh, a corn army with the uh, bloodthirster with the command ability for plus one to run and charge and can run and charge. All of a sudden, if you they have a a uh, spellcaster as well next thing you know it's plus three plus three um can get across the board very quickly so just be be aware that that's a potential if they have a spellcaster <clears throat> and then from a realmscape feature um i mentioned that maybe number two three and four could be options number two hungering animus at the start of your hero phase you roll a die on a six pick a point anywhere on the battlefield and you roll a dice for each unit within six inches of that point point and on a four up that unit suffers a mortal wound. But on a 6-up, it suffers D3 mortal wounds. So <clears throat> if that's the Realmscape feature, obviously you could, as the as the opponent, you could try to space out a little bit more or as best you could. But it also, if they get lucky and roll that 6, you know, and I'm wearing Gore Pilgrims, they, they have a good chance of, you know, potentially putting some mortal wounds on a lot of my stuff back there. Number three is... Primal Violence. This one could be pretty powerful, especially if you're a combat army. But it's again, it's on a six up. So at the end of the combat phase, on a six up, you do the combat phase again before going to the battle shock phase. Um, I actually played with this against Nick Fensky not too long ago, and I was just praying for it every time because I was playing Corn and he was playing Carriage on Overlords. It never happened, but um, it was exciting rolling for it every time. And then number four is Reckless Aggression. Any unit that is within twelve inches of an enemy unit at the start of their charge phase suffers a mortal wound unless they finish that charge phase within three inches of an enemy model. Now this one, again, it affects everybody equally, but not because you have some armies that want to charge and others that don't, and it could, um, negatively impact them more. But at the same time, it's kind of just a, a cool one in terms of the beast that all of a sudden you just caught up in the, the aggression. And again, I'm talking match play, but it's also kind of just like a cool vision for me, like when in my games, um, So those are the three that I kind of called out.
1: Uh, The big big thing in here is, like, with the Realmscape feature, because a lot of tournaments are not going to be playing with this, because how do you balance which monster? And then do you have your players bring monsters? And then do you have to create all these additional limits? So in a tournament setting, GUR is a little rough, because a lot of them will just ignore the Realmscape feature, which is unfortunate, but you have to be a little more realistic. Could you expectations.
2: could you do Gur and just be like, hey, there's no rampaging monsters, but you still use like the realmscape features, the spells. You, you
1: could. I just just not using it to its full degree or full potential. That's yeah. the only thing that bothers me about Gur.
2: Fair enough. So the next one is Hish. Within Hish, there is a command ability that definitely um, you want to be be aware of. And it was actually one that I thought I was going to be able to pull off against Dave in our game. Cause we were playing in hish and my, my hero was within 12, but not within three. My general off the board, so I couldn't use it. But what this command ability does is it's called strike quickly. You can use this command ability to start the combat phase. If you do so, pick up friendly unit within three inches of a friendly hero or 12 inches of your general and within three inches of the enemy. So they got to be in combat. That unit fights immediately instead of later in the phase. <clears throat> now, I guess, Alex, has there been any fact or anything on this, like timing-wise? So if it's, say, it's my opponent's turn, he gets to pick first, I use it, could he then also use it, use it and then to still go first? Or how would that play out in terms of just timing?
1: The, this one's tricky because you also have to consider Deepkin high tide because they fight before all other things fight during high tide. Uh, which is their third turn or second turn if you flip it. Um, so there's a lot of things on here. And the honest answer is I'm not 100% sure. Um, as far as I know, you alternate if you both pop the command ability. So it's just a matter of conserving your command points and being aware that you may need to keep one in your pocket, um, especially if this one's on the table.
2: Yep. And that was that was one of the calls. Just be aware that if they're sitting on a command point and you, it's your turn and you're charging a bunch of stuff in, and you're like, I'm going to pick that. I know I'm going to be able to go first with this unit. And they have a command ability and a hero nearby, they could spring this on you. And there's if you don't have a command ability to counter it, or if that's the way it works, then that that could be a big big blow. Um, mm-hmm. all right, Shaiish, the realm of Nagash. Um, so this one. Like, as I mentioned in my game, it played a pretty big impact. I mean, I think he would have won anyway, but it, it made it so I, I really had no chance of taking out Nagash. But the command abilities here, there's two of them. Both of them I'd say, uh, make sure you're aware of, Honor the Dead is the first one. So I use this in our game, actually. So he was able to attack first. I'll, I'll tell you what it is first. If you do so, pick a friendly unit that is within 3 inches of a friendly hero or 12 inches of your general and roll die. If the dice roll is less than the number of models that have been slain from the unit you picked you can add one to the attack's characteristic of weapons used by that unit in the combat phase. So this one, it takes you taking a, it takes a unit to take a beating first to make it you know, really likely to go off. So if you lose at least six models in a unit before they, they are picked to attack, you're going to be guaranteed to get plus one to your attack rolls, your attack characteristic. Um, but again, any, anytime you can add plus one to the attack characteristic of weapons, especially in like you know potentially multi uh, weapon units, or just really big units that like Blood letters that only have one attack, all of a sudden you get them two or three. Um, they can really ramp up their damage output. Um, so just be be aware that that one could be one. If you attack first and kill enough models, they might pop it on you to make the rest of the models hit back even harder. And then the other one was the Soul Force Sacrifice, which I talked about. This command ability is used at the start of the hero phase. Pick a friendly unit that is within three inches of your general. Allocate any number of wounds to that unit that you wish. And you can heal one wound that has been allocated to your general for each wound that you allocate. So, again, maybe not super strong for a lot of armies, but when, you, when you're when you talking about Nagash um, and he's got really, really cheap skeletons next to him and he stays next within three inches, unless so you can put him down in one, um, more than likely it's going to be full health Nagash uh, if they get the next hero phase.
0: Yeah, you know what? Nagash in his own realm is just... The- that's, that's, that's just bad for anybody who's playing that all around, mm-hmm. you know, then that's, yeah, he, he just gets brutal.
1: Well, Nagash yeah, and- is pretty rough in a lot of these situations. And when we talk about it at the end, like he is the standout winner from line Sorcery. So for sure, a lot of these spells are going to be like, well, yeah, no, they're really good for Nagash. Well, yeah, they're really good for Nagash. Uh, but these command abilities, especially Soul Force Sacrifice, make him a lot. It's rough to put him in the ground to begin with, but then you get to heal him to full. And then the units that he's taking wounds off of get to heal from the grave markers and him. So it's just, it's a lot. But mm-hmm. if he's doing the command point to heal himself, he's not using the command point to do the Supreme Lord of undev. He's not using the command point to summon a slain unit back off of the grave marker. So there is a a choice with Mm -hmm. Nagash doing this unless they build their list under and specifically hang on to that extra point just to make sure that he doesn't die. But then they're having to hold a
2: point as
1: opposed to using it to hurt you.
2: Yep. Yeah, and I'd say to Jake's credit, I think at the beginning of the game he's like, "So here's what I can do, just to let you know." <laughs> so he, he gave me fair warning that, he, that that was an option for him. So so fair play for him to just let me know, like, "Hey, here's just to let you know this is how this works and this is how it could work for me." Um, from a realmscape feature, um, the ones that I mentioned, I, I think a lot of these can really work. Um, I didn't really th- see any that were like really never for m- match play, but. Um you know the the one the one that I always say don't choose is like if you're going to use Realmscape features we didn't talk about this but don't use number 1 cuz that's just basically there there is no Realmscape feature yeah. so if you're going to use them use one I would say um unless you know that you really feel like there's one realm that this doesn't have one that that doesn't fit for the match play but otherwise I'd say if you're going to use them use them but really yeah, I, I I didn't think there was any of these that were too far out to not use in anything I don't know uh, Alex, did you have any that you would be like, no?
1: Uh, life leeching. No, uh, okay. no, no. It's uh, the winds of death. That one, yes, it's on a six, but on the roll of a six, you get to delete a third of a unit um, just by rolling a bunch of dice. So that's the only one that is like borderline, but again, requires a six in order to hit it. So for that one, is you roll a six and then you roll a dice for every model in the unit that's affected, and I'll file to take a mortal wound. So, it's really good against Anti-Horde, but it's super random mm-hmm. as far as its effectiveness.
2: Yeah, and I should say that although I do like to play in tournaments, and I do like the match play piece of AOS, I, I also like the narrative side of it too, so I should, I should say that I, I'm lo- looking at all these, and like in my mind, I'm like, the winds of death. Oh man, I can just see these like... Ghosts coming around and just messing with, you know, units at a time. Somebody who's just all about the match play or just all about that, um, piece of it and like the balance. I could see them, like, to your point, some of these that are just on a six up, they'd they'd rather just like, hey, somebody could get lucky and roll three sixes out of six turn or five turns. And that's the reason they lost, you know, kind of thing. Mm So, something to think, definitely something to consider. For the realmscapes, I, and like I've, I've experienced this multiple times, where like it's it's kind of exciting. Like it adds an excitement to the start of the hero phase a lot. It's like, all right, let's see if the old rain comes down, or let's let's see if you know the winds of death mess up on your units. So it's it's kind of a, a really cool. Um, I don't know. For me, it adds a lot of excitement right at the beginning of the turn. Um, so I've really enjoyed those ones where you got to roll a six, just because there's that chance. Next, we go to the realm of actually So, and actually, um, the realm spell is fireball. It's only a casting value of five, so fairly easy to get off. 18-inch range. The interesting and the cool thing about this is you know, you think about think about a fireball, and if it's hitting, you know, just a, a one-man show, it's only gonna do one mortal wound. So if the enemy unit consists of one model, it suffers one mortal wound. If it's hitting a bigger unit, Two to nine models, it suffers D three mortal wounds. But then, if you're hitting that big horde with a big fireball, it suffers D six mortal wounds. Which I thought was cool that it's it's kind of like a utility piece where it's average if it's a one you know one to ten models. But it's kind of that utility piece if somebody's got a lot of hordes. Like it's kind of a nice D six mortal wounds um, spell. The command ability, I did call it out um, just to be aware of, especially for. You Sylvaneth players out there, or anybody that you know has your own train piece that you want to get behind or be by. Um, This command ability is used at the start of your movement phase. If you do so, pick a train feature that is within 12 inches of a friendly hero and within three inches of another friendly unit, and roll a die. On a four plus, the train feature is set alight. If a train feature is set alight, for the rest of the battle, any unit with models in or on it, at the end of their movement phase, suffer D3 mortal wounds. In addition, and this is the kicker. A model cannot see another model if a straight line drawn from the center of its base to the center of the other model's base passes across this terrain feature. So not only does it set it on fire, potentially cause wounds, it also makes it so it's you, it blocks line of sight, which can be a pretty big thing. Again, who? I mean, I don't know how many people are going to use um, a command point for a 50-50 shot at this, but if you're facing somebody that has a lot of shooting and there's a terrain piece in the middle of the board that you can get to instead of on fire, it could give you that op- opportunity to to give yourself cover um, from those those shooting attacks um, or spells or anything else like that. From a RealmScape feature perspective, again, I think a lot of these are are usable. Um, you know the one the one that like flaming missiles improve the rank characteristic of missile weapons by one while the range from the attacking unit to the target is more than twelve inches. I think that would be one maybe that um, I would leave out from a match play perspective, uh, seems pretty powerful, especially when um, you're, you, especially if you go up against a major shooting or major gun line, and it just gets that much stronger. It could, could leave some um, pretty tough, tough games for you. Um, but otherwise, I thought a lot of these could be, could be fun and, and not be game breaking. So Alex, any thoughts With there? Or, or the day?
1: flaming missiles one, um, which is the extra Ren more than 12, the shooting meta, for whatever reason, hasn't caught on yet, um, which I don't understand why not, realistically, by now, with the exception of the Anvil's list, where you do the begin the nine long strikes. So, I just don't understand why the shooting meta hasn't come back, because there's no reason why it shouldn't have given armies like Daughters or Legions or something where they need their characters to survive Whereas you could just shoot them to tiny bits and Mm -hmm. everything's done. So I do. I still am amazed that the shooting meta hasn't caught up to this game yet. Again, but then again, the shooting meta is boring. Um, realistically, (laughs) um, like no, and that's the thing is it's boring, but it's effective, especially with things like the new flesh eaters, where you're gonna need to do that. Um, with the screening and shooting. So
0: of my. five games I played I think, yeah, I think all five, I faced somebody with either a bloodthirster or Nagash or the giant sea turtle for the uh, for the deep kid. deep kid so those those two bolt throwers, man those things came in super handy, and then I had ten judicators. Once I took care of that, by that time, a lot of time people were into combat, and you weren't, and I wasn't able to use it nearly as much. But man, that, that oh, that came in super super handy against everybody's big bad. And then yeah, yeah, no, that was great. But that it's the exact same thing that uh, that I was talking about when I was playing against, like I said, the Detroit guys against Nagash. Um, was it Mike? Yes, Mike. Isn't it? Yeah. He uh, he said the same thing. He's like, You've got all this little units with all this shooting, and it's turning out excellent for this particular tournament for you because everybody's got a big monster. And you're just wiping yeah. them out in a turn or two and then facing the rest of the army. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and eventually, it's just, I know it's going to happen eventually, but I'm just surprised that it hasn't given the releases we've had with Daughters, with Death, with. Beastmen now, and then with Night Haunt. But I'm hoping that the Flesh Eater puts it over the line um, with regards to the shooting meta coming back and actually being a thing again. Because some of these armies, you can't just fight with a bigger buzzsaw. You have to like remove mm-hmm. the pieces that are important. So I don't know. That's me. I'm done ranting. <laughs> well,
2: I don't know if I'd say that was a rant. It's more like, hey, people. Bring your guns. <laughs> I think part of it, part of it, could be the, the fact that the game's played around objectives that you got to get out and get, grab. So you got to find that balance between the gun line and some some things that are fast enough to go out and secure objectives. You know, either mid or late game.
1: Yeah, and that's fine, but it's just I don't know. I really don't. So I don't. It's just me.
2: It's coming. You heard it here first. That's gone. Shooting better. (laughs) 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 That's fine. Um, So from a spells perspective, uh, the ones that I had were um, Inferno Blades. Um, I think most people have probably heard of this one. Casting value is six. Um, If successfully successfully cast, pick up from the unit within 12 inches of the caster and add one of the damage characteristic of melee weapons used by that unit until your next hero phase. Has this one been fact? No. Okay. So twelve inches is a shorter shorter range, um, in terms of where the unit's got to be within twelve of the caster. But it's within, not wholly within. So it still gives you a lot of opportunity to give that that unit of, of daughters plus one damage skeletons. Even um, it makes something that you know isn't that scary really scary. Uh, I oh wait, also mentioned. You
0: go over that again. Do me a favor. Back up because I'm okay. How, how does it work again? What does it do?
2: So. If this one's on... It's on a six. If you cast it successfully, you pick a friendly unit within 12 inches of the caster, and you add one to the damage characteristic of melee weapons used by that unit. So damage one goes to damage two. Damage d3 goes to d3 plus one, etc. So... Okay, some- I just
0: want to throw this out there, because um, next week, you know, the Flesh Eater Courts and the Skaven book come out. Games Workshop was nice enough to send me Copies to look at, so we can review them. If you get to get that, and you put that on, if you take flesh eater courts and you can put that on your just your straight up ghouls, uh, played correctly, ghouls can get up to like I think I figured so far eight attacks a piece. Uh, you get you get two two then you base. Get, you get it one extra if you got over twenty.
1: Which is easy. Then, if you fight with three,
0: you fight with one of the other guys, uh, uh, and he does any wounds. One of the heroes,
1: the Crypt Gas Courtier.
0: So he does any damage, and then after that, then the guys next to him will get an extra one attack. Yep. So that'll make it up to four, Mm -hmm. and then there are two other heroes each that can either throw a spell or have some ability. Uh, I think there's spells. The
1: spells. From the Abhorrent Arch Regent gets to do D3, and then the Abhorrent Ghoul King gets another one.
0: So you got anywhere from six... If those both go off and you do the damage, you have from six to eight attacks with them, and now they're doing double damage.
1: And that's not
0: all. And then you use the command ability to to pile in a second time. And... uh, And And then
1: if... And then if you can ally in a uh, Vampire Lord on foot, his command ability is plus one attack to a death unit with an 18.
0: Oh, so that'll make it up to nine attacks.
1: And those are all stacked because they're all different abilities.
0: Mm -hmm. Nine attacks, and then that double the damage, and then double... You basically get to uh, pile in and attack twice in one turn.
2: Wait, am I still on Garage Hammer, or did I just get transported to Face Hammer? I I was just
0: listening to it today. I wasn't even. I did. Oh, did they put that out already? Because they get the oh. stuff and
2: they're ready to go. Yeah, it dropped this morning. I meant more like you know that was some really crazy combo stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. Well, I, it's
1: also I got to work on that book, and that was one of the big combinations that came out of it. So that's, that's crazy. And
0: like I said, it, it and it can't be that hard. I mean, I spotted it when I was when I was reading, flipping through the book. And if
1: Dave can find it.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. So you're gonna see lots of people pulling that craziness. Yeah, I haven't listened
2: to their their show on it yet, but um, that's, that, that was just funny. I'm like, they that's what the one thing they always do. They're like, here's this combo, boom, 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 And I felt like that was what you guys were doing there. That's pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, um, compared to face hammer, that sounds like I actually know how to play. That's awesome. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack like that, but I was just, I mean, I was literally reading that stuff today, and then I'm like, holy mackerel, wait a minute.
2: So, more of the story is watch out for infernal blades on ghouls. Yes. Or anything else, period. So, the other one I mentioned was Parch. So, this is a casting value of six. If successfully cast pick an enemy within 18 inches of the caster, the unit must hap its movement characteristic until your next hero phase, and in addition, roll dice each time that unit completes a charge move on a 5-up, they suffer D3 mortal wounds. So that's, that's you know, that's random. But I think just having something's movement, um, especially um, I'm just thinking about how that could impact my own army. Um, taking away half of my movement for that turn that I'm going to be flying my bloodthirsters 10 inches with a run, it really can make a big difference on whether I can make charges or not. So, um, just something to be aware of that they could potentially have the movement of of one of your units. I don't know if it will be used too often, but just something to be aware of in this case. And then the last one, incandescent form. Again, this is one that's more for the big, bad wizards, but casting value of six. Subtract one from hit rolls for attacks that target the caster until your next hero phase. So it makes them harder to hit with any attack, shooting, or, um, combat, um. One of the things that I, I remember hearing from Jake in one of his games was he played a guy with a lot of shooting. Um, I think it was Stormcast and he was basically able to buff the gash where he was negative two to hit. So even in the shooting, even all those those long strike raptors just couldn't couldn't touch him because he was able to debuff himself enough. So something to think about. Anything else?
1: Uh, Stoke Rage is a plus one to wound, is a big deal. Uh, just with Accuracy, so no, but it's the big two combat ones that came out of
2: actually that you need to pay attention to. Yeah, and that reminded me actually at, at Wapaca there was there was like I don't know was it six or eight tables that were all act. I never played on them, but yeah, I, I didn't either. With-
0: that was a weird thing. So he had one row of tables that, like you said, they were all in the realm of fire, and they had a special realm rule. Like they had a little piece of paper next to the next to the table for that. But like, if you wound up in that row, you just played. Actually, no matter what the other things said and whatever what else came up, I thought that was just a little weird. Like, I'm not certain if they were trying that they're going to have, you know, incorporate the different realms on all the different tables.
2: A sign for the future, maybe. Yeah. So
0: depending on where you play, will determine which realm you're in. Yeah.
2: You know, I, and, you, I could see that happening where he's he's working on he's aosifying his t- tables and terrain. Uh huh. And in the future it could be, hey, play on the whatever table you're on. It it should be readily apparent what table you, what realm you're in. That'd yeah. be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and with Packer, they? they've always been that kind of visual experience. So Yeah. It's the same thing with Holy Wars, but on a bit of a bigger scale. As far as like the tables. Right. I mean no table compares to a Herner table.
0: Right. Well Herner's tables are beautiful, but some of them just get ridiculous to play on. Uh you know. You got a whole page of rules for the table, and you're trying to run up and down all these stairs and through a tree and then down the other side. It's like, holy mackerel. I mean, I ain't complaining. You know, he, he he runs a fun time, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, dear Lord, this table's wearing me out. Mm-hmm. But that was just me, so I don't know. So what have we got left?
2: We got two, Shimon and Ogu. Shimon! So Rome of Shimon... The, the let's see, transmutation allends the realm spell, um, cast on a 7, is successfully cast picking an enemy within 18 inches of the caster invisible to them, until your next hero phase have their move, again, having the movement characteristic, but in this one, in addition, if the unit has a save characteristic of 2 up, 3 up, or 4 up, then until your next hero phase, you can reroll hit rolls of 1 for attacks that target that unit. So, if they have great armor, it gives your, your units a little buff against them. As they get slowed down from all their armor, um, a little throwback to the uh, old fantasy days on that. The name of that spell, with a, a lot of these are too, but that one was a one that I've, I've used before in the past. So um, good spell there. Command ability on this one, adapter die, not super strong, um, but for some of you out there that are thinking about how I can use command points that are maybe racking up, maybe it's you know I've I've seen some people with three, four command points. If you have those available this could be something that you put on a, a key unit. Because what it is, is um, you can use it at the start of your hero phase, pick a friendly unit within 3 inches of a hero or 12 inches of your general, and until your next hero phase, you get a 6-up against wounds or mortal wounds um, in terms of a save. So basically a death save. So um, just something to keep in the back, in your back pocket if you you know maybe don't have a command ability that you're using your command points on and you have a hero left. Could be something to use on one of your more important units to keep them alive just that little bit longer.
0: Question. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm Amy. That's probably closer to Alex because I know he's going to know the answer. Uh, but I, if you know, you are more than welcome to answer. Let's say I'm playing my uh, Legions of Death Army, and they've already got their little six-up save. Since this is a different thing, would they get another save if they had if they were using this?
1: Yes.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So you can just start piling on the four and five and six different saves and make just get you can just get to the point of stupid.
1: It depends on the wording because some of them will be an ignore, um, or if it's a model would die. So you just need to check the order. So yep. that's really the only thing to keep in mind.
2: Yep. Okay. Uh, from a Realmscape feature perspective, I said three, four, and six. So three is rust plague. Start your hero phase. Roll die. It's one of those ones on a six up. Pick an enemy unit that is in cover. Subtract one from save rolls made for that unit for the rest of the battle. So this is an interesting one. So it can impact um, you know armies that are that rely more heavily on their their armor. But you also have that opportunity. Like hey, if I go in cover, you know my my opponent might be able to reduce my armor. So that's the risk reward that you might take for cover in, in in that one. The next one is Steel Rain. Kind of talked to it a little bit. It's on, another one that's on a six up. Start your hero phase. Pick an enemy unit that is not in cover. So in this case, if you're not hiding somewhere, the steel rain is going to get you. Roll dice for each model in that unit, and inflict one mortal wound for each roll that is less than the unit save characteristic. This one might be a little bit too strong against the the units and armies that are like stormcast. Have really high armor, but I just think this one's really cool. Um, what's the next one? I said three six. Okay, so irresistible force. I love this one. I love this one because it's just a throwback. Um, and it has some, some cool wording on, on Zenith coveting the rubble metal, and he interferes. But if a casting roll is a double after rerolls but before modifiers are applied, it is successful even if the roll is less than the casting value of the spell being attempted. And the spell cannot be unbound. But afterwards, after the spell effects have been carried out, each unit within three inches of the caster suffers one mortal wound, which. The caster is within three inches of the caster, so the caster will be taking a mortal wound on the spe- on any spell rolls of a double.
0: Plus, a lot of times you put them right behind a unit so they can get their lookout, sir, and so that they're a little in some sort of, you know, they're sort of hidden away. So now I've got my caster who's a little fragile behind a couple of two, three units, and now everybody's taking mortal wounds. Yeah.
2: You're going to have them within three of inches of that big unit, right, to get maybe one to hit from shooting.
0: Right. Now all of a sudden you just, you know,
2: blew your hand off and it, ricocheted and took out somebody else next to you.
0: I really like the, um, that Steel Rain, though. The one where if you're not in cover and you roll the six, pick a unit. Because even if it's got a dash, treat it as a six. That's picking against a unit that's got crummy saves. That thing is crazy. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yep.
1: It's a massive anti-hard weapon just for
2: rolling a six. To lose a th- you know whatever chunk of your unit. So Yep. On a six, pick up uh-huh. five sixths of that whatever unit that didn't have an armor save. Oh. Or even a six up. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's not one you'd choose if you were choosing ahead of time, I'm assuming, right, Alex? No. pass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. Come on.
1: You just picked that and my whole Rank. tournament.
0: You'd be getting so many emails. Yeah. You'd be I would so many angry emails. hmm The table that would ruined my game. Well, that happens. I'm just messing around. I don't have to put up with that stuff, so I, you know, I can always yep. laugh. But I know it's not funny.
2: So that's your mom. That's your mouth. Then we get to Olgu. Alright, so um Miasma. It's a really low casting value of a four. Enemy unit with an eighteen inch to caster and invisible. That unit cannot run until your next hero phase. And subtract two from charge rolls. So really you can, I mean, for a casting value of four, picking you know, unit within 18 inches and really slow them down. Um especially if they're a unit that wants to run in charge, could be really strong because um, they really will slow down then. Um the realm Command. so this this is the one that I, I feel like you know gave me that, that slight nudge in the game against Greg. Um you can use this command ability to start a hero phase. If you do so, you can use either the shadowed mansions or shadowed realm realmscape feature so probably not going to be shadowed mansions so just look at the shadow realm in addition after transferring or setting up the unit in its new location you do not have to roll to see if any models from the unit become lost in the shadow realms so what is shadow realm at the start of your hero phase you can pick one friendly unit that has all of its models within six inches of any edge of the battlefield you can remove that unit from the battlefield and set it up more than nine inches from any enemy units with all models within six inches of a different edge of the battlefield. Then you would roll a dice for each model you move, but in this case, since you're using the command ability, you don't have to, so they all arrive safely. So, basically, you get to, for a command point, teleport a unit that's by a board edge to another board edge. Unless this has been fact, it doesn't say anything about that unit cannot move in the following movement phase.
1: It should have been.
2: Should have been, but has not been.
1: I'm pretty
2: so, sure this it has. Been. To, oh, it has been. Okay.
1: I'm pretty sure it has been.
2: So, if it has been, you still get to set up with a nine, make a strong charge, potentially even um, get in, you know, if, a double t- if you have the opportunity for a double turn, and potentially shift and get on an objective quick. Um, so, just something to be aware of where something could be popping up real, real close to you. Similar to that spell we talked about, Miracle, anything that you can just Basically, transport a unit anywhere from it to anywhere. Um, I guess this one's within a board edge, but still pretty powerful. Um, uh, from a realmscape feature perspective, um, you know the, these ones. It was a little harder for me. I, I this one's really hard because you have the two ones that are movement ones, so you can you, you know,
4: you, right.
2: shadow realm. But if you choose shadow realm as the realmscape feature, it's free and I feel like that's a little too strong to be able to just pick up and move a unit for free every turn. Um, and then the rest of them are basic spells and attacks are shorter range because it's so shadowed. So maximum range could be 6, 12, or 18. Obviously, the only one potentially there would be 18 inches. So basically everything has a range of 18 inches or less um, in terms of spells or shooting. So that would be the only one that I think could really even be used in Olgu. Um, but that's just that was just what I was thinking. Because twelve inches is just way too short. It can really impact shooting and or you know spellcasting armies. And six is just crazy.
1: Yeah, but you also have the option to do nothing.
2: True. So you can use Olgu and say, hey, two through six in Olgu are just crazy, so we're just this one's not gonna have a ROMscape.
1: You could do the 18, I've done it before. Where you have the max eighteen inches. Mm-hmm. Um, but again you're giving significant advantage to the big model army. Yeah. Where it's like the Nagash, the Hilario, the Archon. So
0: have we covered it all? Yeah. Alright, so so okay, so we got you, Ryan, as a player and you, Alex, as a tournament organizer. Um, what do you guys both what do you when you look at these all the realm stuff what are you doing to uh either prepare the tournament or to prepare to be a part of a tournament that has all this stuff in it? Uh, Alex, do you want Ryan to go first cuz I know I'm kind of springing the question on you and I don't know if you oh, got no. Oh, you're ready? I
1: right. well, we can have the player go first in okay. the yeah. TO
0: perspective. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um
2: so I guess, you know, really what I just went over it would be how I would prepare. Um, I Now I, I'm more prepared to go into this and I have this list that I've just created ready for when I go up to the table and at Adepticon, Alex, you know, t- turn one, or excuse me, game one is actually, I've got my cheat sheet that says here's the things I need to watch out for. Um, so that would be, that's how I'm going to prepare moving forward. Prior to this, I basically read them all and then when I stepped at the table, I found out it was actually I would look at it quickly as as, I, as quick as I could. Um, but also the preparation was just playing a few games. Um, so now I'm going into this tournament, like I think this should be this is a good resource to have and just be like, hey, here's the things I gotta watch out for going into this game. As I look at my opponent's army, what could they do with these spells? What could they do with these command abilities? How are they setting up in Olgu? Are they setting anything up within six inches? all within six inches of their board edge, preparing themselves to shoot across the board. Right. So just be, being aware of these things I think is the, is a key thing as a player that you could have coming at you. Okay. If you have wizards, I would say be ready and, and really to save time, have those two to three spells that you're, you think you might actually cast and be ready and, and kind of think about how you might use them. Um, But yeah, that that would be what my recommendation would be.
0: Okay, and what about you, Alex?
2: Um, As a TO, so
1: if I'm looking at this from a five-round GT perspective, I'm not going to duplicate a Realm because that's silly, Um, at least in that particular event. So if we have seven Realms, you're going to knock out two. So you're going to pick the two that are either the most egregious to the current meta or the rules in general. And just bin them. And just say, nope, we're going to move on. And we're going to do something else. Um, and then it's just a matter of not releasing this information ahead of time. Unless it's... Because I know they did it for the Masters. Where everything was actually... But it was a different Realmscape feature. And you only got one of the spells in any given game. And you didn't find out until you were in it. Um, but for something like Adepticon, you can't really do that. I don't think you could. Um but for what we're doing, it's like, okay, you pick a realm, and you have to find a realm scheme feature that fits the scenario as well, because you have to take the battle plan into consideration um, as far as what's going to interact best with that particular uh, battle plan and add an extra twist to it without breaking it or making it just that much more unwieldy. So you just kind of have to be careful with regards to that. Cause like knife to the heart in Ulgu would be a really tricky one to do because you now have the potential to do the, get behind you all the time. So, cause like with the shadowed realms and moving stuff around from the table edges, you can get behind your opponent real quick and that's an auto win scenario if you hold both objectives starting turn three. So
4: mm. mm-hmm. yeah,
1: you just got to pay attention to how everything lines up. So, and then obviously don't pick realms that or realms that features that heavily favor one particular build or the other. Cause you have to look at like what's hot in the meta right now, which is the daughters of cane list. Uh, very soon you'll look at flesh eater courts, um, The Gloomspite stuff has yet to be really determined, except, like, the Squig army and the Trog herd, I think, are going to be big deals because people like the Trogs, and then the Squigs are just silly. So it's just a matter of figuring out, like, what's going to affect the game but not, like, ruin it or particularly favor one
2: army or the other. So... Yeah, I think, um, as you look at that, you know, there, that's one of the some of the debates is like, hey, you know, are are they going to release beforehand what the what the realms are going to be and or what the realmscape features are going to be so you could potentially plan your list around it. I kind of like the method that you're taking, Alex, where it's like, hey, we are going to use the realm features, we are going to use the realms, but I'm not going to tell you ahead of time, so you got to kind of potentially plan for everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you you know you, you got to more adjust on the fly as opposed to being able to tailor your list to play to certain things. Um, the one thing I would say, and this is more of an opinion, I don't I don't have, I'm not running a tournament. I thought considering all the spells, and I think it was, you know some of the comments that I've heard or the feedback is there's just too much to remember, and part of it is potentially seven s- extra spells in each realm. Um, you know, one thing I thought about if I did run a tournament, is was just thinking about hey. Whenever you get to a realm, your army gets to pick one spell that anybody any of your wizards could use, but you only get to pick one. So that way, you're not thinking about which spells, looking at it, trying to figure it out. If you're not you know used to playing in the, the realms, you can just pick one. And say, hey, I got access to Fridge of Shadows in Olgu. Boom, that's the only one I can cast other than my own spells. Just to cut down on some of that, a little bit more record, you know. Hey. Maybe something else would be good here. Let me look at these spells. Maybe I got something else I can cast. Like, I, it didn't happen in any of my games, but I just that was one thing that I was thinking about as an opportunity. Is you say, "Hey, step up to the table. You get one spell per, per player to use." I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on that, but that was just one thing I, I was thinking about.
1: I mean, it's something worth looking into. Um, it's just a matter of how you, because like, I don't know, I'm trying to think what there was another event out in Cali where they did something similar where you just picked your realm and you picked the spell. So, like, you pick the realm, the army was from, but then you also have to pick a spell from that realm. And this is pre-FQ banishment. So, there's a lot of that going on where it's like, oh, I'm just going to pick up your unit and break your coherency for you.
2: So So they could use that spell whether they were the the In that realm game. Or not. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
1: So it's just a matter of trying new things out and seeing what works and what doesn't work. There's tons of options for how you can do this.
2: Yeah, comes out like they talked about. You know, they the GW has given us a pretty wide toolbox now with all the artifacts, with all these realms, um, and some of them are good. For match play, some of them aren't, and I think it's it's up to to us, you know, and and tos to choose, you know, what they feel like is the best opportunity for their tournament, while u- utilizing as much as they can to, to kind of make it fun and, and add variety.
0: So, yeah, I would definitely be picking. I would not be letting them go random personally. If I if I was setting the ter- the realms and stuff ahead of time already, yep. So. Sweet. I think that's it. That's everything. We covered all the stuff you wanted to talk about. Because man, playing in the realms that really got you. That really got your engines running there, Ryan. I know. I got. I was
2: really excited coming out of that tournament, just how cool. And I, I think it was because of how it impacted my games. Um, whereas some of my pickup games running into the tournament, that didn't really have much of an impact. I think it was because I kind of did what probably a lot of people are doing. Is like, oh, we're playing in Olgu or whatever, and here's the Realmscape feature. And then as you get into the game, you just kind of forget about everything. Whereas Mm -hmm. I think at at Pekka, when I was in a tournament mode and I was in tournament setting, I was like, all right, what are my options here? And I I really focused on, considering I didn't have to worry about the spells, because I didn't have any wizards, I could focus on what's the command ability, and what's the Realmscape feature, and how can I use it to my best advantage? I I focused on those more, and then coming out of it, I'm like, wow, you know, I really needed to probably do more prep coming into this, knowing that the realm spells were going to be available and the realm features were going to be available. I mean, it worked out for me, but I feel like I I was unprepared coming in. And I think now having my little cheat sheet, it's going to be a a lot easier for me to kind of know what to expect and what to look out for going into my next tournament. Yeah. I think looking at the realms, you know, it's one thing that you can kind of like pick out a few things that you need to, you know, just watch out for and worried about. If you don't play all the armies, you know, going through all the artifacts and trying to think about, hey, what could somebody be coming with with an artifact? I don't think that's necessary or even really to think about. Oh so no! Don't worry. I, I would say don't worry about that as much as, as but on your army when you're making your army, like maybe take a look at them and say, hey, could one of these artifacts really benefit? Me? Yeah, you
0: you gotta yeah. worry about the spells and the other things people could use against you. You can't go through, but but uh, it's always nice to have that potential going on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. All right. Well, I think that's everything. Did anyone have anything else they wanted to talk about or mention? None? Yeah, not for me. Folks, that is uh, that is everything today. So an, an extra look at the realms. I know we've looked at the realms before, but now a look from, from multi-tournament winning player Ryan Nickel, Mr. 30% of the Packers, and then... Uh, and then uh, you get you get a, a to extraordinaire and Alex giving you their look at how they bring these things in. So hopefully this was helpful for you all. Also, folks, please uh, don't forget check out uh, After Olinor, the Garage Hammer Horse Heresy Club on the Free Buddhist Network and all their cool stuff. Um, if you like them, leave them a nice iTunes review. Also, leave us a nice iTunes review. We like them as well. All we like them as much as I like voicemails. And remember to check out the Patreon page if you don't mind. Uh, and of course, before we go, we want to thank the Patreon patrons that keep the keep this show going. Our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC, and our newest sponsors, uh, our newest patrons, Christopher Reed, Mark Hyde, and the ever popular Goat Pan Tees. So, <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for uh, coming on. And finding some time tonight uh, to do this and to talk with us about all this stuff.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me on.
0: I'm sitting here quiet, just soaking all this in. Going, man, I wasn't thinking about all this. You know, between this and the and the wargamers, uh, the the wargaming handbook trying to memorize all your stuff and learn all your stuff and make sure your stuff's ready. I'm just like, "Oh my god, my god. I'm, I'm the glass is full. Now I'm just stuff is just starting to pour off the sides. I've got to I've got to soak all this in before I can do any more of this." Yeah. Just remember
2: everybody out there, you don't, you can always just show up and roll dice too and drink beer. Oh sure. Oh sure. But uh that's still just as fun.
0: Yeah. If you but if if you if you're focusing on your I got to get it all. There's, there's so much here that can, and you know, just picturing the, the random, like if you are just rolling at random, these things can really mess you up, or make you unbeatable. Like you were saying, a couple of them have really, they elevated you to where they helped you win the game.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, but thanks for coming on and talking about this with people because I know. You were so excited about it when you emailed me or when you sent me a a mess, texted me about it. You're like, hey, if you're doing this, I'd like to talk about this. I'm like, I hadn't even thought about that. That's going to be cool. So, thanks for coming. And, Alex, welcome back.
1: Glad to be back.
0: We are glad you are back. I missed you very much, my friend. I am glad you are here keeping the anchor where it belongs on this show. Listeners missed you, too. (laughs) See, there you go. Live and prove. I'm sure. All right. Well, that's it. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, folks. And until then, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been
1: listening to Garage Ham. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes. Or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehand. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter, David is at garagehammer, and Alex, that's me, is at some kind of geek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at SoundCloud.com slash Claire Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garagehammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at The Grand Alliance Forum sets TGA.community Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page And as always, thanks for listening